0: Hello there. You're listening to the Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill, and I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to talk about
1: the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We'll also be discussing one of TV's greatest offerings of the past few years and maybe ever. This is all about HBO's Succession. Okay, let's start off with some news. John Wick, a franchise that has four films already under its belt, has a spinoff coming very soon, I think next year. And apparently it will have a fifth mainline installment. John Wick 5 is in early development. Dylan, your thoughts? Music to my ears.
0: Thank God, because the ending to John Wick 4 did not feel like a franchise ending. So I'm very excited to see a John Wick 5.
1: Have you seen <laughs> any of them yet? I have. You can see the review to the first John Wick on our Letterboxd at Box Office Show. Go you only check watched that out the now. first one? Go check that out.
0: But, but you're supposed to binge them so that you can watch John Wick
1: 4 before it leaves theaters. I know. It's too late now. Well. What happened? We'll talk about that afterwards. You bastard. there's some surprises. But John Wick 5, it seems like you and I will be able to catch that in theaters together. Opening weekend, IMAX. Hey, so I'm just wondering if they're going to be able to keep elevating it. Like each one, it seems like the action has gotten more intense, more over the top, and more uh, complex. Where do they go from here? Do you think they can do it? They can. Yes, they can absolutely one up themselves even more. Absolutely, always, I'm... always have faith.
0: If they if they've done it four times in a row, they can do it a fifth time. Okay, <laughs> I guess. it's clearly not
1: a challenge. All right, they've got it. They know what they're doing. Seems like it is. Also, how old is Keanu Reeves now? I mean, that not man, old enough. He can still do it. And <laughs> man, yeah, it's putting I his full faith
0: that they will make a good John Wick 5. It'll be fine. All right.
1: No worries here. All right. No complaints right. in this department. All right. All right. Big support for the fifth John Wick from Dylan. For sure. For sure. We also have Dwayne Johnson recently announcing that he is returning to the Fast and Furious franchise. He is going to be in a new spinoff movie centered around his character, Hobbs. So unclear if that'll be a sequel to Hobbs and Shaw. But you know for sure that it seems like he's getting his own spinoff movie once again. And presumably will also be appearing in Fast 11. Although will the spinoff happen after that or before that? That's unclear. I mean, since it's scheduled for 2025, Fast 11, I would imagine... This would come out after but then it kind of spoils him surviving that film so i don't know why they're sort of doing that but we were big fans of the rocks performance in fast five yes we were but i mean i've seen nothing else from him in that role in the rest of the franchise You've seen, what was it? Just one other film that The Rock was in or no? Because he wasn't in F9, right? Yeah,
0: I only watched the sixth one. I didn't watch. He was not in F9. I didn't watch seven or eight, but I did watch nine.
1: Gotcha. So what are your thoughts on The Rock returning to the Fast franchise?
0: I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) I don't give a shit. I mean, it's cool. Sure. It's The Rock. I I
1: don't give a fuck. (laughs) I really don't care. I mean, power to him, but also, yeah, I'm not a fan of that franchise, so I will not be tuning in to see his return. But, hey, good for him. Having other things to do after Black Adam did not go so well. Yeah. And finally, in the news section, Scorsese,
0: Mr. Martin Scorsese, is going to make a new film about Jesus. It was announced at the Vatican after he met the Pope. This will be his second movie about Jesus and at least third religious movie.
1: Indeed, after last temptation of Christ and then silence. So it's fascinating that <laughs> I just think the him meeting with the Pope and then coming out to announce like, hey, making a new Jesus movie. I just think it's a funny thing. Like, was that the plan going in? Like, did he meet with the Pope to be like did hey to pitch it to him? <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, listen to this. would you go see this film? And then the Pope's like absolutely and he's like, Okay, that's my next one. I got my I got my approval. Yeah. Uh right. so that will be pretty interesting. It's also interesting that I mean we don't know what exactly the story will be or if it's gonna have any relation to the last temptation of uh Christ, because Mel Gibson like recently announced that he's gonna do Passion of the Christ too. So I don't know, we're all of a sudden getting these Jesus sequels. Um, which is just pretty fascinating. But yeah. there you go. Scorsese's next film after Killers of the Flower Moon. Anything he does is going to be interesting and exciting. So I'll be down for that.
0: Yeah. Now let's do our box office breakdown for May 26th to the 28th, as well as for Memorial Day. Coming in first place, The Little Mermaid. It made $95 million in the uh, the main weekend and then $118 million, including
1: Memorial Day. Mm-hmm and worldwide it made 163 million in just that three-day uh weekend so a pretty soft opening overseas which is not voting well for its box office chances it seems like getting over 600 million is going to be very unlikely at this point Uh oh for ryan yeah very Uh upsetting i don't know how could this have happened it's it's fascinating because it has the exact opposite problem of FastX, which is that overseas it's doing not great at all, but then domestically it seems pretty strong. FastX, mm. much better overseas, whereas domestic. it's not doing so hot. So talk about what FastX did this weekend.
0: It only made 23 million domestically, which is a pretty big bummer, but that means it has crossed the 100 million mark in the states. and in better news, it has crossed 500 million
1: worldwide. already gangbusters. Gonna demolish the little mermaid. Get fucked. <laughs> Guardians 3 with 20 million this weekend, doing extremely well for itself. Again, those legs are incredible. It has Good crossed legs. 300 million domestic. So that's what you love to see. You should have at least another 50 million in the tank domestic. So very happy about that.
0: And after Guardians of Super Mario Bros. with 6.4 million, that brings its worldwide total to one point two eight. Billion, with a B, billion dollars, surpassing Frozen's gross, making it the second highest animated film ever, if you don't count the 2019 Lion King.
1: Mm-hmm. And then after that, after, you know, four films that are in the box office draft rosters, we have The Machine with five million and then a whole slew of new debut films that did not do so hot. Indeed. Do we need to go through them? Do you want to go through them? I mean... We might as well, just so people know that these films existed out there.
0: (laughs) Why not? So, After the Machine was About My Father with 4.3 million.
1: Kandahar, 2.3 million. You Hurt My Feelings, 1.3 million. Evil Dead Rise, hanging on with just getting over 1 million. Book Club The Next Chapter, a little bit under 1 million with 869,000. And talking about John Wick, it has dropped out of the top 10, it made 500,000 this past weekend. So it spent nine weeks in the top ten, and its domestic total is 186 million, and 431 million worldwide. Woo! Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk our, about yeah, the you. box office per pred- <laughs> 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 You want to take it? Go ahead, take it for June second to the fourth. Yeah, let's
0: talk about our box office for June second to the June fourth. All right, it's gonna be a good old Spider Man. Yeah, exactly. We got, got Spider Man across the Spider Verse coming out into the Spider Verse made 35 million, and it's. Domestic opening and went on to make 190 million domestic and 384 million worldwide. What are your projections, Ryan? What do you think? Huh? What do you think?
1: What do you think? Huh? So, what I think, huh, is uh, industry projections are at around 80 million, but I think this is going to be one that's going to be fan driven, like comic book films tend to be. Mm. So, I think this one will come in higher than that. I think it'll be over 100 million. I was gonna go 95. We'll see. We'll see if it's over under, over or under. That's the bet. All right. Now let's get to the main topic. The long-awaited Succession podcast. We were... I mean, you have been touting its praises Mm -hmm. for a long time now. And I always said, I'll get around to it when the final season is about to drop. So I can Mm -hmm. binge through all of it. And that is what I did in the month of May. I've been through Succession. It was pretty much the only thing I watched. I think I saw only like four films the whole month. That's crazy. So, yeah, it was definitely succession fever for me for you though you have been watching it for longer when did you pick it up um like around what season did you pick it up i watched it when season one was already out and i just
0: watched all of season one and then have been watching each season as they've dropped successively interesting
1: okay i've been there since the beginning wow yeah you're an og fan it's crazy so the og oh yeah dude be the og that's so good. I mean, so we'll good. get to that. But I marked it down in our little talking points. I had a separate bullet point for El G. That's iconic. Um, but yeah. So definitely it has been in the conversation as one of the great shows. One of the best prestige television shows out there. Obviously, it's become an award darling. I think around season two, that's really when it like picked up. I don't think season one it won any major ones. But season two, it won like the best... Emmy or the best uh show at the Emmys and then it won for uh, certain actors like Jeremy Strong for Kendall Roy uh and then like SAG as well it always gets the ensemble stuff so mm-hmm. this upcoming Emmy season I'm sure it'll be very well represented so yeah it's definitely been one to look out for in the television space and now let's start talking about it definitely lived up to the hype Obviously a great show. I mean, can't deny that. So let's talk through the joys of succession. So let's go from season one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I missed my cue. Anyway, go ahead. So season one, starting off with... I broke this down just by characters. So start off with like Logan's sickness and it was interesting how in the beginning it starts off with him being sick and it seemed like he was going to get sidelined pretty early mm-hmm. and I think maybe I've heard things that that was the plan initially but then once they got Brian Cox on they were like no nah, we gotta run with this for as much as we can so they uh, kept him around which is great but those early episodes he was definitely sidelined not as much of a presence and so we could see how those kids were going to react initially. Um, pissing in the was... closet. Exactly. So what an introduction to like such a powerful man. And it's him like completely out of it, pissing in a closet, unable to make it to his bathroom, um, which definitely was very humanizing for him in the beginning. But then very quickly in season one, once he gets back uh, to his old self, we see what he's truly made of. And it is, terrifying and he's a scary gnarly and disgusting so yeah Um, but we also get Kendall throughout this first season he's he's definitely like the entry point um, the main emotional center for the whole show I think but then certainly for this one since he's meant to be the successor and then we see that taken from him in that uh, early few episodes so yeah I think that whole approach to it was very solid and Kendall Roy Jeremy Strong I mean can't sing his praises enough he's incredible what a great character what a great actor so that stuff of him just not being cut out for it at this point Mm -hmm. being such a seemingly like incompetent tech bro and in many ways he is but he did have some competence to him in the business arena but he's just from that first time that Logan strips it from him we see that He's not a killer, right? He doesn't have what it takes to really assume that role. And it's just time and time again, the whole show really is the story of Kendall trying to reach for that power, getting close, but then ultimately just fumbling the bag. The man cannot get there, cannot cross the finish line. So all of that was very pleasing and also distressing to see. Yeah. I think, I'm trying to remember back to when I first...
0: Started watching. Did you rewatch show? in preparation for this? You Nope, I only didn't? saw season four because that would have been a pain in my ass. <laughs> I had rewatched it for all the other seasons and I was like, I was already pretty pumped for season four. I remember how everything left off because season three is fantastic. So I did not bother to rewatch. So now I have to think back. I want to remember the first time I watched it because cause I've seen season one two or three times now, like rewatching it for the other seasons or, or whatever. I'm trying to remember. Wait, did I rewatch Succession for season four? No, I don't think I did. I think I just went right through it. I definitely rewatched the last episode of season three for season four. Cause fantastic. Oh my yeah, god. We'll get to that. That's great. Incredible. But I remember my first impressions of like the characters and meeting them were that I felt like they felt very fully realized from the get-go, which was impressive. And I thought the the dynamic that they have with each other as actors is just incredible like the the chemistry they have both positive and negative fantastic also cousin greg the egg <laughs> a standout from episode one vomiting through Godric's eye holes i know that was crazy
1: incredible what an introduction i but love that it. too i think it's fascinating seeing the the very beginning, it's obviously an ensemble piece, but again, we're first shown Logan. Then we're seeing Kendall next, and again, we're supposed we're like mostly seeing it through his eyes as he's losing his claim to uh, the heir uh, for the company. But then we also see Greg, who's on the outside, right? He's still a part of this like family. Still, obviously got money, like he's gonna be fine. But he's working at the amusement parks as the mascot character. Mm. He's throwing up. He's trying to get in with the the true family, like get a better place for himself. And a different show, I think, would have made that guy the main character, and it's a story of him like slowly getting tainted from being around this mm. all these people that have already been corrupted by that pursuit of power and just constantly scheming and backstabbing each other. But they don't really do that. Like they never give much uh, attention to the fact of like, oh, Greg was like an innocent good guy in the beginning like even from the beginning he was obviously not to the other people's levels he's definitely more of someone that you know is on the main audience's level the Mm -hmm. people that would be watching this right that aren't crazy rich or anything but he's already a schemer he's already a hustler trying to do whatever he can to get ahead so Mm -hmm. they don't spend too much time on that whereas another show would have so it's interesting the way they they already bring about, yeah, these really well realized characters, and yet they don't give too much from the beginning for you to latch onto and invest in emotionally mm-hmm. or relate to emotionally. So that they're part hard I thought to was relate to.
0: They're very, very hard to relate to because they are the one percent. They are such unique people that you almost most people never even meet these kind of people in their lives. Mm-hmm. They just read about them or hear about them, and to like make a show about these people and then try to make them relatable is, is, is very difficult to do. Absolutely. I think it's impressive.
1: It is. And then also <laughs> they're just scumbags. Yeah. They the see that worst. constantly with how they interact with each other. And then every other single people one too. of these characters sucks. Yeah. The first episode we see that many times over, but then also Roman doing the whole million dollar check thing to the kid. Like we just see that like, it's nothing to these people, the $1 million. And then obviously that's life changing for that family. And they just use it as a game, like something to amuse themselves. I love it for a short amount of time. So they're really despicable people at the end of the day. However, it's fascinating that the show is able to make you so invested in what's going on there. Cause again, like they're all billionaires at the end of the day. If they don't, Succeed Logan, they'll be fine, right? They don't need yeah. to be the head of the company yeah. in order to it be will okay. Still be but you do get wrapped up in the struggle of each of them, like trying to become the new head of Waystar Royco. Um, and so they're bad people, but they're good characters. They're unlikable people, but they're compelling they're characters. Yeah. So that's a really hard thing to achieve because I think people naturally, they want to try and make people likable because that's just easier for people to care about those characters and then like want to be in the like watch the show, right? You want to root for the characters. But when you decide to focus on, again, like these out of touch one percenters that are just so selfish and self-absorbed and mm. are hungry, you can't make them likable in the sense of like, oh, they're a good person that you'd want to hang out with or that you'd confide in or trust with anything but you make them compelling and there are some like tinges of relatability which we can get to later on in the series but the whole idea of the trying to become the ceo as just a proxy for them trying to win logan's love basically and approval like that's really what they're chasing when they're going to CEO position so that part of it and like those family dynamics and the abuse that they suffered as kids that they're still reeling from as adults and that's motivating so many of their actions like there are portions in there that humanize them and do allow them to be relatable but ultimately it's the fact that these are just really well-realized characters they're entertaining to very watch very much so um so you're you're always like again these are bad people you don't really like them but you're fixated on them so absolutely it's such. A good. I mean, that's a testament to the writing and the performances that they're able to create such a compelling show with characters that, from the get-go, like again, they don't even do anything to do like a save the cat moment or humanize them other than Logan's sickness. But again, they strip that away quickly. You see, Kendall, the first thing he's doing is like being a douche, walking up to that business meeting with Walter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's really amazing how they're able to accomplish that and keep us tuned in watching these despicable people go about their lives and try and backstab each other every step of the way yeah you just don't really want to root for anybody at a certain point
0: like you definitely pick sides like it's it feels more like picking the lesser of two evils at any point
1: mm-hmm. when you're
0: when you're trying to decide who you want to win in these these very petty and i mean i guess they're not inconsequential battles but like they're they're fighting such small fights and having such small victories when the the big victory is always just looming over them of like wanting to take over the company. They they're just so petty and so so such little people in such big worlds. It's mm-hmm. incredible.
1: Absolutely. So what were your and I wrote down initially I each season I would write down some of the talking points just because I wanted to Preserve whatever my thoughts and perceptions were at that time because mm-hmm. obviously they morph over the show when you watch the other uh, seasons and then you look back and your perspective sort of colored by what you know is coming. Mm-hmm. So, what I had in this document for season one, there were things like um Connor, I <laughs> put definitely least compelling. Yeah, I understand. Always that. getting the short end of the stick, but. I mean, yeah, he's definitely not there to be one of the main players. He's there a lot to be like comedic relief um, to just be this foil of like this completely out of touch. Like he doesn't even care about the power hungry stuff. He doesn't have a job. He ends up throwing his hat into the presidential race. It's so funny. Just to do it. It's so, so funny. That stuff is interesting. Same thing with like Greg and Tom in the beginning season, mm-hmm. like that first season, I really didn't like them but I love the them. Way it's I love them. <laughs> I love Tom is my favorite character. It's
0: so hard to explain, but there's something <laughs> please. There's do something try and explain so it. likeable, point, but to me from the get go, there was really something from so the <laughs> yes, something so likable about Tom being this kid from the Midwest who was raised a normal, normal life and is like, like putting up a fight with the big dogs and like, not losing like still there he's like the underdog something about him being the underdog made me really like tom also yeah. tom gets done dirty in season one like he he, he does he goes backward his whole relationship with shiv like i think shiv is a great character and i like learning more and more about shiv as the show goes on but she treats tom like fucking dirt and I think having that dynamic in there definitely made me root more and more for Tom. Whereas I can see some other people really like Shiv and really like when Shiv is trashy to Tom. I think they like that dynamic, but I don't know. I like, I like seeing Tom succeed when so many things are up against him and he just seems like such a, he seems like such a minor player so so much of the time. And he just comes out cause he, he really is like a lap dog. Like he will just, do whatever he—he's here exactly. to serve. He's here to serve. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, here so to he serve. And I just—I love it. I yeah. love Tom. Also, Matthew McFadyen is just a fantastic actor,
1: and he's just killing that role, killing I mean, it. Very true. He's another one that has gotten an Emmy uh so far. We'll have to we'll place bets at the end of this and see which one will claim the Emmys for this final season. But he's so good with that beginning stuff. Yeah, it's the way that in that first episode, like he's bringing the gift towards Logan or mm-hmm. for like the birthday episode. Yeah. He was bringing the watch to Logan and he's constantly like asking Shiv, like how he can curry favor with Logan. And so that to me just turned me off because it was like, I don't know. He's so servile. He's so,
0: so no, much but of a sick the, the
1: dynamic of it
0: is that he is the newest entry into this family and he has to like suck up to all of them. And then Greg gets thrown in and Greg is now the new entry. So he just picks on Greg. Like they've all and, um, picked on him. Like he just that, he just puts Greg in a pecking order, and I think it's so funny.
1: I think that dynamic, yeah, the way they introduce that, and then yeah, Tom that's, can use Greg so as a fantastic. punching bag since he knows he is that punching bag for everyone else. Um, but, but then he's like genuinely good to Greg as the show goes. Well, as good as one can be when you're taking <laughs> somebody the into this. this he, he, he's good yeah, he's just keeping things hand to the
0: depths of hell of being in this sort of like hellish business lifestyle he takes him with him for sure but he's like he's like shitty to him but he will do good things for greg it's it's very toxic when he finds out fantastic
1: i mean yeah all these things are toxic it's always transactional so it's like what is genuine and what's not but i mean tom does have an obvious soft spot for greg but it's also yeah, he finds out he's not going to prison, and the first thing he does is go to Greg and destroy his office.
0: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> oh, like, wow. it's so funny!
1: <laughs> 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 Flipping the desk over—it's so, it's funny. so
0: funny. But just this display of power in the only place in the entire building he can destroy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. I love Tom. I've always loved Tom. I've been rooting for Tom since the beginning. Uh, yeah, just, I have not been. <laughs> he's just so fundamentally unlikable. Just because he's such a such a lap dog in the whole first season, I just love him
1: right. I do so, yeah, love Tom he definitely I mean, obviously, as they all would as the show progresses, they get more layers to them, and so you see different sides to him, mm-hmm. especially like season two finale and season three finale. I think yeah, we'll touch on how that did a lot. I think of a different actor, character
0: I think of a different actor played Tom. I wouldn't like him as much. I think Matthew McFadden just has a lot of charisma about him, which makes it work right. I really enjoy him in that role, and I love the character. I don't know what it is; it's so hard to pinpoint. But there's something about it that I find
1: fundamentally compelling. Right. But yeah, there was that. It was that thing of like him being so servile and brown nosing so hard that I was like, I think it's so. I don't funny. like it. It is funny, but again, I was like, uh. and then he's with just Shiv, so bad at it. He's just so bad at it. I know with Shiv as well, though. I was wondering why is she with him because she seemed on such a different level than he was Mm. so i was like what about him actually makes her love him and then of course again you find out later i mean logan i think even explicitly says it like she chooses someone that's so beneath her so that she won't fear being betrayed yep and so that she can have a punching bag you know in the same way tom does to greg and all that so Mm. that stuff did end up making sense but in the very beginning when you don't know all that stuff i'm like tom is just so like so clearly trying to suck up to people and is so bad at it and why would shiv pick a guy like this it didn't make sense at the very beginning so i was turned up to him um the one that in the very beginning and i think is ultimately my favorite character is roman because he's such mm. i put it here an entertaining weasel he Thanks really a great way to he's describe. fantastic so yeah he I mean, he's always the one throwing out all these crazy out-of-pocket statements and jokes and insults to people, um, but then there's a lot of damage that he's carrying, and that's what's really fascinating. So, is,
0: is season one the season where Roman is in charge of like their their rocket division? <laughs> I think so. I can't oh, remember. Oh if my that's God, one it's or one of my two, but... favorite scenes in the whole show. <laughs> is him sitting in that bathroom and he's like
1: watching the video and the rocket just explodes it does explode And I he's just was, staring at it i think it was season one because i think that was at shiv's wedding because he wanted everyone to you're watch right it. it was shiv's wedding god it's <laughs> so funny it is so funny oh yeah. my god that it's was so funny. that was interesting but yeah later in season one too, when the for the bachelor party um roman you're hearing all this stuff about him being in a dog cage and eating like mm. dog food and all this stuff so and then they're saying that it was like, oh, no, he liked that stuff. So no, he he liked <laughs> I love that. He's like, he's like, you guys stuck me in a, in a dog cage, maybe dog food. And Connor's like, yeah, no, no, no. You you got in the dog cage. Yeah. We all thought it was weird. You liked it. Yeah. So that stuff, again, of like what was going on with his poor kid's childhood. We know he was physically abused by Logan as well. Um, and then the other kids seem to be. So just, yeah, that different shade that he had to deal with growing up of being abused. Certainly physically, were there other ways too? You never know. Again, the whole thing of Mo Lester. So that's a thing that's out there. Roman clearly has issues with intimacy and sex. So that's another fascinating dimension to his character. And it carried through like the way they're able to, on a dime almost, we'll get to that in like mm-hmm. season four, but make these characters so despicable in one way. And then so they can not necessarily likable, but you care for them because they're actually showing human emotions. They're being vulnerable in certain ways. So with Roman in season one, like when he was very spineless during that vote, when Logan was telling him like, you better not vote me out. And so he ultimately goes against Kendall and sides with his father. Mm -hmm. But then again, a few episodes later, at that bachelor party you're learning all this like dark stuff about his childhood and he can't even seem to figure out like what is the reality of that childhood situation so all that stuff it's just really again well executed the way they can make them despicable but they do have humanity in them and when that stuff comes out Mm -hmm. it's very difficult not to feel something for them because the show is just so immaculately written. And then again, those performers, all of them. So amazing. Like what a Incredible. cast, what an ensemble! Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, they they have such a
0: chemistry, a dynamic, like I said earlier, just absolutely fantastic. Now, by the end of season one, what did you think about that season one finale where Kendall drives the
1: car off and kills the kid? I thought that was a very bold change in direction for the show to right. ramp up and bring in like literal life and death stakes and then again that element of the criminality is he going to be like thrown in jail or prison or something i thought it was brilliant as well that that's that is how logan is going to be able to bring him back in and keep him docile is is this day was, like saving him
0: it's this this act of god that this kid just like sends the car off the road mm-hmm. into the ravine and like it like fun like there's the humanity for kendall is that this this thing that happens fundamentally changes him as a person and like he becomes so timid and like weak because of it it's
1: fantastic yeah so i thought that was a great just again the power move of logan like a terrible event happening in his son's life where like again he could go to prison for all this all the guilt he probably has from like being in that car and getting that kid killed and he uses it to Make Kendall no longer a threat of having the biggest uh, sort of weapon he can have against Kendall having any more rebellions is this fact Mm -hmm. that, hey, you killed somebody and tried to run away from the scene and we can make it go away. But now you'll have to essentially do whatever I say from now on, because otherwise you'll just get sent to prison. So instead of coming at it from like a compassionate father angle, he's coming at it from a ruthless CEO angle. And saying, yeah. Great, now I've just eliminated one of the biggest threats to my company and to my position in that company. Mm-hmm. So what a great ending. That whole that shot too of when he's at breakfast and the one security guard's coming up to him and we just see him walking up the whole way and Kendall's like petrified. Yeah. As it's happening. Because he doesn't know, like, is this does this mean they found the kid or they know it was me, or did Logan find out or something? So it's the 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 not knowing is so suspenseful. Mm-hmm. So that stuff was great. Um, and then this is what I want to ask you. I don't know if you'll even remember at this point, but what was the episode that fully hooked you in the show? Fully hooked me in the show.
0: Um, I want to say there was nothing. I would say that there was nothing in season one that made me think this is going to be a show that I'm going to watch to for, for its entirety. Like I was compelled through season one but I wasn't like, I, I would say I was not like thrown in and like totally enthralled by all of the characters. And I don't think, like I thought I like maybe I'll try season two and if I like it, I'll keep going. But season one was very much like just getting to know the characters and getting to know their dynamics in these wild settings. And season two, which we're now transitioning into, the the episode where they go hunting and they do the uh, the boar hunt at the end. Where right. they make them get on the floor and feed them food. That was compelling to me. Like, this total abandonment of humanity. Just mm-hmm. making them grovel on the ground for scraps of this mega company. I like, literally get on their knees. Something about that. Like, the whole way that episode written, it just thrust me into it. And I was very pumped to see where that would go. Also, just seeing, like, how the dynamics played out following that season one finale. Where Kendall is now, like a little pussy boy just like walking around at his like father's coattails. Right. I thought all of that was fantastic. What about you? What was the most compelling? What what thrust you into the show? So
1: the one that fully locked me in was season one, episode six, when they were going to do that vote of no confidence in Logan. And Kendall's just unable to get back in time. So he's calling in and trying to explain his whole thing but he's not there and then logan won't leave when he's supposed to so he's just watching oh, everyone so good angrily as they're gonna vote whether or not to get rid of him as ceo so that whole episode was just so it was so stressful because again at that point again you know they're all unlikable but i mean you are kind of rooting for Logan or not logan but for kindle at that point or at least yeah. i was so oh for sure because logan's was a maniac but you know, obviously, at this point in the show, he's definitely not going to win. So seeing it just all slip away from him when it's fair, it, basically, he had it. And then it comes down to Roman at the end, who sides with his dad, who's like chiding him and telling him, You better not do it. You better not do it. So that was just, that was really good. And then also the element of Ewan, this, you know, Logan's brother, who we know hates Logan and everything he stands for and what he's, his, Company is doing to the world. And yet he doesn't side with Kendall. He sides with Logan. I thought that was a very fascinating piece of the puzzle, too. Um, Mm -hmm. like just his sibling loyalty superseding what his like moral and ethical uh, standpoints are regarding a company. And probably he thinks maybe Kendall might take it in a better direction, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't want to take it out of the hands of his brother despite all the damage he's done. So that part was very fascinating as well. But yeah, that episode was just so well done. The emotions I was feeling during it, I was like, okay, now we're here. But obviously Mm. I knew, I mean, I was going to stick with it through the whole thing anyway, since we're going to do this uh, podcast for it. And then I knew the quality of it was great. So it was just waiting until that point where it would finally click. And that was where Mm. it happened. Episode six, I was like, all right, I can see. I can see what everyone's talking about with this. And Mm -hmm. then from there, it just got better and better. So yeah, yeah, season two, let's talk about it. As you already brought up the whole thing with Kendall, which I love that too, his whole dynamic changes. I mean, he's just depressed. He's a husk of himself and he's entirely following his dad's orders. He's become a complete lackey for him doing everything he's told to the whole stuff Mm -hmm. with like, I saw your plan, but my dad's was better. Um, the whole Walter situation, like that was where we started out was him acquiring Walter mm-hmm. and then at his dad's wishes, he goes and kills it. That was also crazy too, where he had them all write down. He had all the employees write down like 50 ideas for what the company could do or content creation things. Yeah, And then he says, great, we'll use all of that. You're all fired. Um, but we're going to keep those ideas and see if anything good comes out of it that crazy. was crazy that was just yeah. vicious absolutely i also think the the bringing shiv in was interesting because i liked her in season one i like sarah snook a lot though as well so that's mm-hmm. part of why it was happening but her being removed from all the scheming within the company mm-hmm. i thought benefited her character because she's not you know having to backstab or be part of any of those um you know betrayals so then her getting brought in brings her into the fold so that creates a lot of interesting new opportunities for her then i thought it was fascinating that she just got dunked on literally every single turn in season two i don't think she had a single win in all of season two it It was just l after l after l i was like that's brutal like i would have thought she would have fared much better based on what she was doing in season one you know she seems like a competent political consultant and whatever she's doing it's a different Um, world man it is, and yeah, she, she also, which I think was good as well, that they had a flaw of hers be overconfidence. There was one moment where after Logan's telling her, like, yeah, we'll just take a few years, like, do management training, stuff like that. She's rejecting that despite not having any, like, actual business experience yet. So she w- doesn't want to wait so long to get into um, the position. But then there's another moment where Frank was trying to talk to her and they're going to do something during that day but then she's like no I'm going to go home like this isn't worth my time so she leaves and then of course some huge thing in the company happens right there but she had already left so she couldn't be on the inside of it thought that was a smart choice other just pointing out her overconfidence at being selected being told she was going to be in that position mm. she just got too comfortable she didn't like work for it hard enough in as many ways as she could have of course I don't think Logan was ever really going to like give it to her i think anytime he said that that was just a way to again consolidate all the power around him since the takeover threat was there so he's like let me just have a united front kendall's now my lackey because the whole killing the waiter kid thing and then if he brings shiv in as well then that's just gonna bolster him so yeah it was fascinating how they took that um removed kendall from the the rankings basically the possibilities and then put shiv in there and then just at every turn she was sort of fumbling it or being made out to seem like she wouldn't be able to handle it
0: and that came
1: into play with uh the whole stuff with the pierces but before that episode i want to shout out the safe room episode oh my god it's so good that is just what a fantastic episode to me single-handedly the most iconic moment
0: from season two is tom throwing water bottles at greg (laughs) are you breaking up with me greg
1: are you really breaking up with me that was crazy yeah him getting absolutely hammered by those bottles Move, move, executives coming through. Excuse that me. Thing was great, Greg being like, there could be an attack child. An attack child can get in through the windows. Because they weren't taken to the like true safe room. <laughs> they were taken to I love room. that. Yeah. <laughs> this is the safe room, Greg.
0: This isn't a safe room. It's just a room.
1: <laughs> and
0: then and then you see Logan and he's in the actual safe room and it's like like fully locked down. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so funny.
1: Yeah, that stuff was great. I loved that episode. But the Greg and Tom dynamics there were also just really saw this stuff because yeah greg mentions a business open relationship like he's trying to, <laughs> he is trying to break up with tom and then that's obviously reminding tom of shiv and their open marriage which he was told about on his wedding night which is so crazy i'm um, telling you man tom gets tom gets beat down in those early seasons he does for sure um so that stuff was great but then also holly hunter coming in um I mean she's just fantastic so glad to have her on as a guest uh so and then i'm glad she also stick around for like four or five episodes after that that was great to see but yeah her coming in and logan starting to vying for acquiring pierce that stuff was great but then this was also the episode where roman and jerry their dynamic yeah started coming through And it was one that I would not have expected at all in season one, but it's the duo we didn't know we needed because that stuff was great. It's absolutely crazy. I can't wait till we get to season three. Oh my god,
0: dude. The the we'll get there, but the scene in season three where he detects his own father a dick pic.
1: Oh my gosh, I know. That's insane. That's Uh, the one thing from the show that I just knew about. I don't know when I heard it, but I knew some far about like Roman sending a dick pic to his dad. And I was like, I don't know what's going on here what is this oh, show it's so sad. i'm so sad i got spoiled trust for you. me it didn't diminish the, the impact of the, the cringe, performance
0: so. kieran culkin's performance in that scene is phenomenal he like swallows into himself yeah because he's so fucking embarrassed
1: <laughs> i mean that, it's horrible that's insane there's so many we'll get to another one in season two but there's so many moments where it's just Viscerally uncomfortable. Like I've had to pause the show because I'm like the cringe is too much at this point. Oh, it's so hard to watch. So that's uh, another testament to the show being just so well done, well executed. But yeah, the Roman and Jerry stuff. Never pausing through that, no matter how like weird and strange it was. I was like, this is such an out there decision, like an out there pairing, but it works because mm-hmm. again, with yeah. the Roman's whole thing, like again, some like that man needs to be evaluated. Um, and I'm sure a bunch of people that subscribe to like Freud's whole outlook on psychology and whatnot would love to pick apart him because yeah, some going on there, some sort of edible complex going after a mother-like figure with Jerry, um, who be talked and down also to. Exactly, like getting talked down to the humiliation kink. Um I love when Jerry called him a little slime puppy. That was pretty funny. <laughs> uh- so another again another great description of roman so yeah that whole stuff was very intriguing um but then yeah when they're when they go to the pierce house I and love it's those episode. two yeah. families getting together <laughs> that's funny i love the timeout logan takes where he brings them to a separate room and he's like okay guys we gotta work on these pierces better like so obvious that yeah, yeah. they're just a it's like a game a deal Exactly. But yeah, just the which I wonder because they don't show like uh, Logan taking the time out. Like, how does that happen where you're all together like in that dining room? What is it that happens where Logan's like, OK, everyone who's a Roy or from the Ways of Royco family, let's do a side huddle in this other room. And then we'll come back in like five minutes. Like what were the pierces doing at the time? But did they think of that, I have no clue. But It is so funny. It's so it's funny. So that just funny. Like, we need to stop. We need to figure this out. He's like, Roman, please laugh at a normal level. We didn't get you from a hyena farm. That was Mm. funny. So, yeah, that whole thing was great. But then that dinner, that dinner where, again, everyone's like sending these not so subtle shots at each other. Um, And then Shiv announces because they're trying to pin Logan down on who's going to be the successor. We need to name a successor. Obviously, Shiv knows that she's supposed to be successor. But Logan's not saying it. So, then she brings she that out as a deal. She says it. I had a pause at that moment because I was like, the fallout from this is just going to be crazy. Like, when he yeah. says, now nah, we're reevaluating it or like, oh, this is not set in stone. I'm like, this is crazy. Because for all the other siblings, like, learning that for the first time. But then Shiv learning truly for the first time that it's not actually going to be her or she's not really that much in contention for it. Ugh. Mm-hmm. so uncomfortable but so amazing that stuff was really well done
0: yeah i love it it's fantastic it's so it's so hard to watch and then what what happens next season two remind me because i'm i'm looking at it on on imdb and i'm trying to remember what happens next but it's been so long since i've watched it <laughs> so
1: sometime after that i was just putting through the storylines here we mm-hmm. learned that he is sort of in a relationship that becomes more romantic or sexual with um, Ray. So then she is named successor, but it's when the cruise scandal is about to truly come out because the, someone had written an article on it and they were trying to get Waystar's uh, comments on it. But then Waystar (laughs) tried to shut it down and like sort of threaten them. But then they're like, okay, screw you. We're going to just publish it early. So that whole firestorm was, happening um it was cool as well when the united front of the kids and marcia all just insulting her that one episode uh where she's trying to throw on a celebration for logan and then of course that's when we get l to the og dude, be the og
0: so good oh what a great rap. <laughs> it's fantastic it's hard that one's cringe that one's hard to watch <laughs> it is but it's so
1: fantastic
0: it really it's is great. so perfectly well but then I um, like that that their return also also has to do with him going and seeing that family of the waiter that got killed, and like yes. Logan making him go inside and like see them to make sure he stays docile. Mm-hmm. That's hard to watch, and like you see all the pictures, like like the the fallout of that finale from season one definitely carries through, which I like that they did. It's it's just fantastic. I mean, it's something yeah. that's part of his character throughout the rest of the show, and that, that that unbearable guilt that he has to sometimes put on the back burner, which is hard to watch.
1: Absolutely. But yeah, for season two, for sure. It's definitely a very recent wound. So yeah, the guilt is just overwhelming him. He goes and leaves money in the for the family. Like he puts it through the um, the door slot. So yeah, we can see it's having that huge impact on him. But again, just the way that Logan leverages that awful moment in his life just to have these like casual reminders of, hey, make sure you don't get too testy about anything. Because I can make your whole world crash down. Mm -hmm. It's very fascinating. Um, And then once the cruise scandal hits, then Waystar gets targeted for congressional hearings. And so the final two episodes sort of deal with that. And then finding a fall guy for the scandal and who's going to essentially get prison time. So I thought that whole stuff with them in DC doing the congressional hearings, Tom... (laughs) got absolutely destroyed
0: in that he always does man he's not he's not good at that stuff but that's okay it's not it's not a strong suit but him sucking up him denying knowing greg
1: hirsch oh it's so funny sitting right behind him (laughs) in that shot it was so funny and then shiv where they're all watching it from like their control room and they're like really tom you you don't know greg really that was great uh them reading off the emails of tom saying you can't make a Tom lit without breaking a few gregs.
0: So <laughs> good. <laughs>
1: oh my God. It's so
0: funny. Uh I love when you find out I think it actually it might be season three. When Uncle Mo dies. Mm-hmm. And his name's not actually Mo, it's Lester.
1: Yeah, it's season two because they, they bring that two? up here. Because that was the thing that Tom was fumbling on. They're like, why would you call him Mo if his name's Lester? And he started out good, which would just have been like, oh, that's what everyone called him then he was like oh, well he seemed like a uh, he seemed like he may have had a little bit of molester vibes and then they're like oh so you just left somebody who's possibly a molester that you and all your his like closest friends and family think is like that and then you left him in charge of that portion of the company so He was not doing very well at all. No, he Um, fumbled hard. However, all the kids did well in that episode. It was fascinating Mm. to see them all get wins because they weren't like competing against each other at that point. It was all about just protecting Waystar. So, Kendall Mm. had a great showing at those hearings. Roman was kidnapped. Um, Like, held up in that one thing, which is so funny. Such a weird little moment to happen. This is kind of a major event. I know. But but then Carl was, like, freaking out. He's like, guys, I'm having a panic, panic attack. It was a great episode for him. I hate Carl. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I hate Carl, Carl Frank, so
1: much. Jerry, At some point, we're going to people. talk about
0: the side characters
1: a little bit. But man, yeah. I, I hate Carl. I like Frank, but I hate Carl. I like Carl. Again, this episode, I thought he was okay. In season four, well, no, nah, he chews out Tom in season four notably. So maybe that's part that's of why you good, hate him. Yeah. But I like that part. I like he does the same thing to Kendall in season four. So he's got mm-hmm. good stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this like episode the, is funny.
0: Yeah, I like the squabbling that that side group has when Logan's not around and then Logan comes and they're all very politely trying to tell him what the right thing is without hurting his feelings. I love that dynamic of like trying to not like be the messenger that gets killed to the king. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they're all trying to be so gentle and professional and, and Logan is just not having it. Nobody can just be like forward and honest with Logan because they just want to like preserve whatever relationship they have with him. I think it's that dynamic's fantastic. And then they're like, subtly throwing blame to one another at different points i know that part oh, that's also fantastic
1: very satisfying um but yeah and then shiv as well also gets a win where she tells the victim of the sexual abuse that hey maybe testifying here isn't the best thing for you um and so she successfully prevents that from happening which is good for waste art but obviously bad for society horrible that yeah she would go in and prevent Any sort of justice that might have come from that, so because obviously a total total abandonment of her moral character up until this point. I know that was another interesting part, which I think probably in season one, her not being part of the company, but also her seeming to have more left leaning um, political inclinations and not being part of obviously a proxy for Fox News. It's all based on like the Murdoch family, so her seeming to have some like virtues that aren't in line with what Logan and the rest of them are doing um, was like something in her favor. But then clearly it's all empty anyway, because she'll go in (laughs) like not necessarily victim blaming, but she's out here actively working against the interests of a victim of sexual assault in order to protect the company that allowed for that to happen. And she's making those promises that, Oh, she'll, we'll change it. We'll change the company. But Shiv won't even be in a position to make sure that happens. But then even if she was like, would she really pay that much attention to it other than just making sure that the optics are better for the company? So yeah, that was pretty wild to see her like completely dismiss that side of her in order to do something good for the company so that she might be able to be in talks for the CEO position. Um, But yeah, it's again, it's very compelling the way these characters will be very unlikable. (laughs) um in so many different ways just to try and get that one thing that they desire more than anything yeah so good stuff and then the whole fall guy like finding the fall guy uh for who's going to prison and they're all <laughs> sitting at that dinner table and everyone's just recommending who should go and be thrown under the bus should we do a Tom Sunday with a little bit of
0: Greg Sprinkles? <laughs> what, what are Greg Sprinkles? What What even is that? I love that. I love that whole dinner scene. It's great. They're just throwing blame at each other. Logan's just sitting there thinking about it. It's, it's great.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was really good. The whole Tom and Shiv thing too. Of Shiv being like, yeah, Tom makes sense. And Tom's like, what are you doing? Well, how about you? Why, why don't we do you? And she's like, well, I don't make sense. But you were part of cruises. You messed it up at the hearings. So... Yeah, by the way, Tom definitely should have been the one that was thrown on the bus since he legitimately was the one in charge of cruises. Tom Mended wasn't to big enough. Up. Tom wasn't a big enough fish. They needed yeah, a big yeah. fish. He could have been a big enough fish. He was at head of ATN at that time. He was in charge of cruises. He's the son-in-law of Logan. I feel like he would have been a big enough fish. Plus, throwing those Greg Sprinkles. Roman had it right, you know? <laughs> that would have been the move. But, of course, Kendall is the one that is chosen to be the fall guy. You can give up Kendall. That's a pretty big fish. For sure, so they go with that. Logan makes that choice, and then he's telling Kendall that he doesn't have it. He never, never really had what it takes. He's not a killer, and so Kendall, based on that, also I think partially based on how flippant Logan was when talking about the waiter guy that was killed, calling him an, an RPI, right? That thing that came up with the cruises, no mm-hmm. real person involved. That's how they talked about the victims, which is uh, so gross. So they, or so Kendall is going to that press conference where he's supposed to announce that he is to blame for all that stuff. However, he says, and I loved this moment. I love this line. I remember I physically leaned forward as it was about to happen because I was so enthralled by it. He goes, it was suggested that I would be a suitable figure to absorb the anger and concern. But, and then you see the same thing of, logan gets a bit more interested wondering is he about to pull the trigger on this Mm. and then he does he says that logan is at fault he's to blame nothing happens in his kingdom without his say so and the roy civil war commences fantastic love that part i was so i love the little the little the little wry smile on logan at the end
0: too
1: of like of like game on Exactly. It was like game on and it was also like, oh, so maybe he is a killer because he's the only one that is actually going to go for it. He's done it twice before and I was doing it for a third time. This one, I mean, the gloves are off. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that was great. And then we go into season three. And then after you're really on Kendall's side for all of season two because he's so depressed and guilt ridden and then he finally stands up to his dad. Season three reminds you again of how the show can just showcase how much of unlikable douchebags they are the he, man is a
0: crazy man he has so much energy on all of season three like he's so happy and hyped up the whole time but he's such a douche exactly it's crazy which is he's like he's like so confidently he feels like he's so confidently correct in everything he does mm-hmm. it's insane so yeah remind me remind me is season two or season three i think it has to be season two where logan hits roman season two right Yes, I think so. I love that scene because Kendall, like, instinctually, without a beat, even though they've been fighting and quarreling all season, like, stands up for Roman and, like, makes Logan back down. It's like, it's like rewinding back to their childhood,
1: which I think is fantastic.
0: Absolutely. I love that scene.
1: And then, yeah, it's a great showcase of the those family dynamics because Logan was truly mad about something Shiv had said up there. She called him a dinosaur and it was in relation to the whole cruise scandal, so... She was like, yeah, we need to get rid of the dinosaurs. And they were like, oh, you mean your father? And she's like, no, just dinosaur values. But obviously it was like a little bit of a yeah, get rid of our father. Yeah. So he was mad about that. Roman was making a joke off of it. And then he hits him instead of directing his anger towards um, Shiv. So Mm -hmm. that also kind of speaks to in their childhood when he was mad at these other kids who would be the punching bag for Logan. It would most likely be Roman so yeah that whole moment was great and then yeah for Kendall coming out of his like depressive catatonic state to actually stand up against his dad in that moment was great to see but yeah such a big difference in just his whole mood and demeanor from season two to season three so I love that but yeah it was definitely a lot harder to be team Ken in season three the man is addicted to self-sabotage he just comes off as a schmuck so much of the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was rough. But yeah, everyone decides to go to Logan rather than Kendall. Um, I thought that whole bit of them all like getting together in his house, and they're like clearly trying to scope out like mate, does Ken have something here? Maybe we do jump ship. But then Logan sends a box of donuts to let them know that he knows they're all together. And then they talk about the possibility of maybe it being poisoned. Like, what are the chances? And it's not zero percent, which is uh so indicative of that whole family. that's so just how sad it is, but it is hilarious that they're like, "hmm, should we eat this? Should we not um, and then, yeah, they all decide Connor first, that they're gonna stick with Logan, so Kendall mm-hmm. is once again on his own trying to fight against the beast, so that stuff was great. Tom in this season, his whole his stuff with fearing prison it's like so he funny himself but then he's always on. afraid
0: of it it's it is hilarious he's just doing constant research into what prison is like and like how to survive prison he's like talking to a bunch of lawyers about like what it would be like in prison like it's just so fun it is funny. and then greg's or that fear starts like piling into him and so then greg starts getting worried about prison and mm-hmm. tom fuels his fear about prison oh it's just so funny it's just
1: so funny it is his whole thing about like the wine bag like trying to create wine in prison and then he's like, but now I realize, I won't have wine in prison, Shiv. It won't happen. <laughs> that whole thing is just ridiculous. And then her again pointing out of like Shiv, just not being good to Tom at all. She's like, can you just shut up about prison? Like you keep going on about it all this time. So, uh, so, so funny bad. their dynamic and how it is shown through <laughs> Tom again being very servile, wanting to go for prison to curry favor but then Mm -hmm. also being truly petrified of it because he's just not like a man of sturdy character. He would not be able to survive in prison. Um, So yeah, it's funny to see how that played out. Um, And then the other major thing in season three, so in season two, they're building up to, you know, the takeover of Stewie and Mm -hmm. Sandy, like that whole thing's happening. I thought we were going to get to that in season two, but they delayed it to season three and it happens midway through season three, like episode five. A shareholder meeting in this episode because <laughs> they're building this up again like a whole season and a half of build up to this moment of the takeover mm. and it's one of the funniest episodes. It's pretty great because Logan is just out of it. The man has a UTI so he's gone piss mad and all the other characters are just trying to pick up the pieces of like okay, we don't have the captain of the ship but we had his orders but they don't make sense. What are we going to do? Kendall's going around. Again, he has to like side with the family, because he wants to keep star Royko because he wants to be CEO of it. So yeah. he has to be like working with them. But then he gets pissed off when they're like dealing with Logan being out of it. That whole moment of him showing up and being like, guys, you're throwing it away. What are you doing? And then <laughs> the imaginary cat taking the imaginary cat out of uh, under Logan's chair. <laughs> and he's like, uh, what is that? And Roman's like, it's, it's an imaginary cat. Just go away. Piss off. Like, that whole thing was so funny, so absurd. It was, so, it was meant to be this, like, whole intense thing of the shareholders and possibly losing the company. And it was just a riot. They go on a call with so the president. So Connor's like, oh, I'd love to say no to the president. <laughs> that whole thing is just <laughs> so good. So, I really like that episode. They had really Frank good. vamping, too. They just kept leaving Frank on stage. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs>
0: they just keep bringing him nose and it says stall and frank is like all right
1: (laughs) oh my god it's so good and they do that thing again as you pointed out like the c-suite like frank uh jerry carl the way they keep throwing each other under the bus at one point jerry walks up to like the wing of the stage and then frank says oh and now to talk to you our interim ceo like he passes off the baton yeah he walks away (laughs) oh my god
0: it's so funny
1: oh they're such children they really are Uh, And then, yeah, other stuff as they find out that they need a new president because ATN was starting to be more aggressive towards the current president. And then he decided not to run again. So they need to find a new president that's going to be favorable to ATN and the whole Way star royco company. So they do basically interviews at some uh, sort of conservative event with the Republican Party. I think that's so funny. They're there and they're just like, yeah, we're just picking the next president. Mm -hmm. Tom's Tom's line in the episode when he was meeting with Kendall and he's like, you know what they're doing up there? They're picking the next president of the United States. That went hard. And then he was like, I've seen you screw up a hundred times. I've never seen that happen to Logan. So I'm sticking with Logan. Kendall once again loses out on someone. Um, But yeah, that whole thing was great. Roman and Mencken was a fascinating dynamic, which they didn't really expand on other than this one episode. And then um, that episode in season four with the election, but it was fascinating that again Shiv, as we talked about, she does have those uh, that like political mm-hmm. ideology, and in, in this one she sticks sticks to it vehemently. She does not like Minken because she thinks he's too far right, is going to be damaging to the country overall, even if he would be favorable to the company. So she's against working with him. Doesn't even want to stand next to him in the photo op that they do. So it's fascinating how in certain areas she will like try and be like, no, we can't do this, even if it's good for us as a company. Like there has to be some line that we don't cross in our selfish pursuits. But of course, she lost. They decided to go with Minken. So it was also funny too, Greg, in that point, they were floating with should we back Connor for president? Like, should ATN just get behind Connor? It's so become funny. the full, uh, conheads. but con Greg, heads. they asked Greg and Greg's like, I think it'd be bad for America to have Connor as president. He's like, we shouldn't do that. So it's funny that he, he was honest about that. He, he has some morals too. Oh God. It's so funny. Yeah. And then we have, uh, I think a great quote that came towards the end of the season. I think it was eight episode eight, when they are like there for Caroline's wedding, the mom's wedding, Mm -hmm. Uh, she says he never saw anything he loved that he didn't want to kick just to see if it would come back. And that's like a perfect distillation of the abusive family dynamics that the whole Roy family has. Mm -hmm. Like Logan does that to the kids, constantly kicking them, like keeping them around in the company, even though he knows at this point he doesn't really want to have any of them succeed him. He's still keeping them around, giving them that carrot of maybe they will be able to get to that position, Um, but he's not actually going to do that. And constantly he's making his love and approval of them contingent on how will they do in the family business and all that. Then you see, as we talked about before, like Shiv using Tom as a punching bag, Tom doing that to Greg, like they all do this to each other. And it's uh, just the way that like power and having that leverage and control over somebody distorts the way that they can express love or even feel love towards that person that's what's so sad about the like, the show overall like again there are a bunch of spoiled brats rich people mm-hmm. that ultimately their problems don't matter too much because they can just spend so much money just to forget about all of that stuff yeah. but like the family is just rotten to the core because it's Absolutely. all transactional. It's all about who's going to make a power play. Like you can never tell if anyone's so value, or genuine value and what that value is. Exactly. Yeah. Like you have to be worth something. Like there has to be something to gain from being with you. Otherwise why waste time at all? So it's just so awful to see that. And like, that's the environment the kids grew up in. So no wonder they're so screwed up as adults. Mm. That doesn't like excuse all their horrible, heinous actions, but it gives understanding to that, and it's sad to see because mm. yeah, they just didn't have a loving family growing up, um, and now they're doomed to continually yeah. play into that abusive dynamic. Um, Before you move on, I want to give a
0: special shout out to the wacky set design and <laughs> Kendall's birthday party. Oh yeah, that yeah. shit's crazy. <laughs> the oh my god, it's insane. The compliment forest the the treehouse where they can hang out and the the fact that you have to walk in through a birth canal
1: <laughs> that was so funny the whole thing with Kendall and Roman and Roman kept commenting on it and Kendall's like dude you can have it when we're done and Roman's like yes i was like oh my god this is crazy <laughs> it's so funny yeah. what a what a what a wacky
0: wacky episode and what a like it makes me so sad what was it in the end he can't find his own kid's birthday present to him it's like lost in the presents right right, right? yeah that's so sad and he's just like surrounded by all these probably very expensive gifts. And then the one that he can't find is the one that's probably just a sentimental thing that has no actual like monetary value. And he's just mm-hmm. like depressed. And so he like, what is it? The end he leaves his party. and just goes home. Yeah. The man who has Up everything. On that rooftop. What do you get? The man who has everything.
1: Exactly. Can't buy happiness. Nope. Or your father's love and approval. Or your so father's love and approval. Hardcore. And speaking about that, their discussion When Logan or well, Kendall essentially offers because, yeah, that was the card that Logan gave him on his birthday Mm -hmm. that Logan and Roman said were jointly from them. And it was an offer to buy him out of the company. Right. Like, what a knife in the back. Like, that's crazy fucking birthday. Yeah. So then Kendall ultimately is like, okay, I guess I will do it. So he meets with Logan to talk about it. And then Logan brings out his grandson. To eat the food. To make a whole show of, like, the poison testing thing of, like, oh, did you poison food? Did you try and kill me? Like, that's wild. That's so funny. Again, just, like, another power play, but another way to just, ugh, like, be so petty and nasty towards Kendall. And then, once again, during that talk, Logan makes that comment of, like, what if I want you around, like, in the mailroom or something like that? Like, you can get bought out of the company, but what if I still want you here in the family business. And it's just because Logan still wants to have that dog to kick. He yep. still wants to like if Kendall is able to get bought out and he has billions of dollars and he just separates entirely, Logan can't have that because that means he won't be able It'll to be exercise gone. his power over him. So mm-hmm. he'll be yeah, free. Exactly. And he doesn't want him to be free. So that was crazy. Shiv and Tom as well.
0: We're board. I hate this I hate it so much when she just says "I don't love you." I That's know. fucked. Like and really I get is. that they're doing like the like the the dirty pillow talk where they're like just like saying like kind of mean things to each other. But yeah. that right there is fucked. Right there. I know it's crazy, and it was in that moment when she said that, where I thought Tom needs to Tom needs his comeuppance now. Tom needs to screw her now, and I got what I
1: fucking wanted. <laughs> you did, but I for since like season two's finale because they also had that they had that heart to heart and he said that thing about like oh i'm trying to figure out if the sad of not being with you is more or less than the sad of being with you
0: oh <laughs> like he's that trying is so to weigh good. those options line. tom's so, got some banger lines
1: man when it comes to him and Shiv, i mean for sure yeah they all do so i love tom this moment too where he did i think he was the one that brought up too of like oh let's just degrade each other basically and that'll i don't know like ignite their Um, passion passion in the bedroom and then she says i don't love you and of course we all know we're like that's a little that seems a little too real yeah it's it's also close to home
0: well the hard part is that we know and deep down tom knows that she's not just saying that she fucking means it
1: yeah and that's rough that is rough to hear so yeah and then the conversation later on we're talking about freezing embryos and then (laughs) she she Basically, it's like, I wouldn't want you to raise our kids if I died. Like, you would you need to throw out that embryo. And he was like, well, I would I would want you to raise the kids. And he she like, says, I won't. Mm, I, I need to think about it. Like, hmm, can, I, can I put some more thought into that? And it's like, Jesus, so hardcore. So, yeah, those moments definitely laid the foundation for what came in the season finale. Fucking which is great because it's one of those that are shocking, but it makes total sense. But yeah, that season finale was fantastic for a multitude of reasons. The one other major point, besides that surprise betrayal, was Kendall opening up to his siblings about his guilt with the dead waiter. Oh, yeah. And seeing that, too, of like these people are so rarely emotionally vulnerable with each other. They have to be guarded all the time. In this one really raw moment of just all this guilt and just awful, horrible feelings that have been bottled up coming out exploding all at once and they just don't know how to handle it like shiv and roman just have no idea how to console him how to make him feel better Mm -hmm. like the thing of shiv having her hand on (laughs) his head just like having it there as she's like looking at the phone about to get another call roman doing the only thing he knows how to do which is like cracking jokes trying to lighten the mood um like all that stuff i thought was really well done again the acting from these people just incredible so fantastic um but then we see that in the background of that whole uh wedding reception jerry and carl and frank and all these people are like on the go on the move yeah siblings wise and up to it and they figure out oh logan is actually going to entertain that i that offer that mattson had which was what if i buy you guys out completely so they realize our inheritance, our claim to this throne of Waystar is about to disappear. So they team up. Finally, finally, it actually happened. They all three time out. That was so satisfying. And then I was waiting too, because we've seen this whole season, like Roman and Logan have gotten closer. Roman was like with Logan with the Matson deal. He was the point person for Roman. By the way, going back to the birthday episode, that was really hard to watch when Roman was just really drunk and really high on like winning the deal basically with Mattson. Mm-hmm. And it's just cutting deep into Kendall. Yeah. Birthday, like saying all these awful things and then he pushes him over to, I yeah. was like, Jesus again. I'm like, Roman is my favorite, but it's like in those moments, it's he's just full, so he's, hard. He's full he's Logan, like, bro. He is. I mean, he's just, he's like, There's the moments where each of them go full Logan and it's hard to watch. Yeah he's a textbook case of like a bully like when you get bullied then you lash out to other people when you can like when you have that power over them again the whole thing of like kicking dogs um just see if they'll come back but he does it because he wants to feel less of his hurt. he wants to inflict that onto other people mm-hmm. um so that was just very upsetting to watch but in this part we know he's been close with logan so he also betrayed kendall once before with the uh episode 1-6 When he didn't vote uh, in that no confidence vote. So I was like, oh, my God, I hope he's going to be able to (laughs) not crack under the pressure of Logan trying to play up to him. Mm -hmm. And then we find out when they arrive that Caroline has reopened the divorce settlement so that that whole thing about they can't sell without the kids like explicit approval. It was something like that. Um, They no longer would have that. They don't have and the then, majority. Exactly. And then they're all, I thought this was also a really fascinating choice of, they're all being reduced to being like little children, like whining, begging oh, for yeah. not wanting their toy taken away, basically. Um, except for Kendall, because he's been through this so many times before, of just trying to kill dad. And then somehow he gets the you upper hand and you lose. But this is the first time that Roman and Shiv have explicitly gone against their father like this. And then it's not working out. Um mm-hmm. And then just incredible. I mean, you take the lead on this one because I know you're thrilled for your boy, Tom Womscan when he. Tom! Shows- oh, my God. What a what an incredible finale for him to come out of the woodwork
0: like that. I mean, just the shot, the shot of the long hallway with the kids like utterly defeated in that room. And Logan's walking out and they're like they're in the middle of like yelling at each other for trying to figure out how did he find out? How did he know we were going to do this? How did he know we were going to get the supermajority? First off, I love when Logan goes <laughs> and he like mocks Shiv. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. I All think right, uh just th- that shot of, of him walking out and him like patting Tom's back and saying good job and then just walking away. Oh, oh my god. And then and then Tom coming into the room and comforting Shiv, knowing that he's the one that did that to them, and like the final shot being on Shiv's face. I mean what an incredible finale. It, it made it made fucking everything. It was so fucking good. I loved it so much. When yeah. I first watched it, it blew my mind. Ryan, what did you think? Did it blow your mind? A hundred
1: percent. It Let's was go. so good. Because at that point, until Shiv brought up the idea of like, who told mom or who told him? It didn't even occur to me because it was just like, oh, it's inevitable that Logan was going to find out somehow. But then when she plants that seed of like who found out and then... There's some time in between because Jerry, Roman goes to Jerry and is like, please help us. And she's like, it doesn't serve my interest. How does it serve my interest? So then that destroys the whole Roman and Jerry quasi alliance that was forming there. Mm-hmm. She turns his back on him. And then Logan walks aside and then you see Tom show up and then it's just the instant light bulb of oh my god it was tom it was tom Tom. and it makes so much play tom is no longer a lap dog he's a player he's in the game and he's winning he's winning i know that was that was insane and then when when he was walking up to the door and it had like it was that shot where you see him coming out like through the blue light and then he comes right to the door and then you know that orange light from the room hits him i thought for a second i didn't realize this until i was looking later on at some of the like reactions to that um but it 100 clicks because i was like this feels so reminiscent and it was so close to the composition from the godfather at the end of mm-hmm. that with the door closing yep um and so i was like dude if they would have done that i still love the way they did it ultimately like the final shot on show's face against sarah snook freaking fantastic like yeah, just killing like, her emotions. Like she was like panting there. And then when he touches her, ooh, she just goes into like the most Ice evil cold. look ever. And she's like, this man is done, dead to me. Because um, yeah, it was her, her worst fear of like being betrayed. And so she specifically sought out someone that wouldn't do that. And then yet it happened. But if they had done that, Tom walks up to that door and then closes it. And then we cut to Shiv's face as the door closed on her, just like the Godfather. That would have been. That would have been great. So insane. I would have been like that would have been one of the like top TV moments of all time. Like some crawlspace, Lily of the Valley, Red Wedding type stuff. That would have been insane. Still incredible as it is. But if they went that full Godfather moment, dude, that would have been so talking about ice cold. I mean, that just would have been yeah, crazy from Tom for to sure. do that. Um, but yeah, overall, world class acting in this episode, world class writing as well, the whole sporus and Nero thing. It's like foreshadowed early in the episode that Tom was he had made that choice to betray Shiv because he called Greg Sporus. And earlier in the season, they had the whole story of Sporus and that being who Greg is to Tom and the whole story of Nero killing his wife to marry Sporus. So he calls <laughs> Greg Sporus and then later in the episode kills his wife. Crazy. Crazy finale. Insane. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's get into season four. Let's talk about it. This is, this is the one that I've seen most recently, of course, and the one that I can comment on the most. I mean, I was there week to week, bro, watching this shit. Mm-hmm. You got
1: to binge it. How does it feel to binge this? I mean, great. I Again, it's, <laughs> the succession withdrawals are going to be intense. Mm-hmm. I've been feeling it the past few days. I've had to uh, play the succession theme on loop. Same with L to the OG. <laughs> L to so, the OG. Yeah, it was because yeah, this whole month I was just entrenched in this stuff, and then season four I comes can't around, imagine. and it's it's like nothing changes really because I've just been going through like every day, essentially watching an episode at least. So I, I can't was just imagine what it's like to be you, to
0: binge the entire show in a month. What a roller coaster must be! You're gonna have the same thing when you binge Barry because I watched Barry from season one too.
1: I'm mm-hmm. gonna make
0: you do that later this
1: year. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna have an experience there gonna break mm-hmm. your heart which yeah crazy thing to bring up of like this and barry ending on the same day which by the way i guess we can get to it when you talk about the finale but did you watch barry and succession's finale on the same day so i had work that night and i was closing at my job and so
0: i got up at 1 a.m and i went home and i was really really tired and i showered and i was gonna go to bed and i said no <laughs> i have to finish barry so i watched barry and i finished that series out at like two in the morning watched mm-hmm. it all and I was like, God, so good, fantastic. And I was too tired to watch Succession. So I went to bed and then I woke up early the next day and like made breakfast or something, got some food and then watched Succession in the daytime.
1: Gotcha. And so loved- at least there was some buffer in between it, but
0: yeah. I that's had to. Crazy. I had to take some time to to accept how Barry ended, and that's like, what I'm saying. Because it would have been.
1: I feel like it would have been. Because I too much finality. <laughs> I needed so much like decompression time after the Succession finale. Like that was so well, you, draining. You fucking like bulleted through the whole thing. Exactly. Over. But then that too of like wow, like such a huge portion of time dedicated to just Succession, and then all of a sudden, boom, we hit the the endpoint. Um, but then, yeah, I feel like. Watching that and then Barry's finale right after that, I don't know how people were able to do that. If they were watching both shows at once, it would seem like just so much, so emotionally draining to have, I don't know what happens in Barry's finale, but I would imagine it's intense. So It's a lot. It's very, very sad. Those two things back to back would just be, wow. You need to like chill out. You need to do what Kendall does and just walk around the park for a bit. Reconsider Mm -hmm. life. For sure. But... With season four, the way it starts out, I thought started with some excellent episodes because again we have the siblings, rebel alliance. They're fully into that. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get Pierce to combat Logan since Logan's now again going after Pierce. Um,
0: it's since all a war. off eighteen,
1: sure. so yeah, it's the true Royce of war that we were promised at the end of season two is now fully happening. Yep. Um, and then we also get. Tom and Shiv's their separation and divorce like the first two episodes. I think it's episode two that ends with their conversation in the bedroom mm-hmm. um, where they agreed to like cut it off. So this one I think it was very different from those previous seasons because <laughs> and probably due to the fact that they knew this would be the final one. Mm-hmm. There was just a lot more of that humanizing emotional vulnerability through it. Yeah. Like the for pathos sure. was ramped up here. Obviously all those other elements of like the comedy and the betrayal and the scheming and whatnot, like all that stuff is still very much intact, but it definitely leaned into more of like the, the emotional package that these people are carrying and, you know, reckoning with all of that. Um, Episode two, I think actually that was the one that ended with Logan and the karaoke bar um, where they all talk about everything that's been happening. And then those kids finally are able to, unleash basically all the frustration they've had for what we've seen in the series and i'm sure their whole lives like from their childhood as well of like how they have been just overlooked Mm -hmm. and thrashed around by logan all this time even when logan is there apologizing and again you don't know if it's a work is it just a play or is he genuine about wanting to say like oh i'm sorry about how things turned out i think there's some truth to that because they had a uh, scene where he's trying to get Jerry and Carl and Frank and Greg to roast him to say anything like funny or humorous. Um, because they can't, they can't. They do it for you. Greg does it. Greg does do it, but all the other ones don't want to. They're not willing to. But that was, of course, the bread and butter of the whole Roy family. Like they would do that nonstop with each other. So that does seem to indicate that he was missing his kids. Um. So yeah, he does this apology. but they reject it and then he says which is another like major thesis of the show he's like i love you guys but you are not serious people oh so good Mm -hmm. and then after that too connor gets a big moment where he's pointing out like he doesn't need the love of family like when you're without it for so long you get used to it and then don't need it anymore connor has a lot of good moments in season four yeah so that was intense but then that episode actually ended season two. The real ending I remember now was Roman going to Logan after being called up by him, and he's saying he needs him and he's going to give him a place at atn and all this, and that was the thing I was fearing from season three's ending that that's what would tank it possibly, um, and then here the sibling alliance may fall apart because Roman got the one thing that is his kryptonite and all those other kids kryptonite and it's Logan's favor. So I was like, no, he's gonna break off and that's how it all fall apart but then oh my god. season 4 changed drastically oh my god it's crazy did you see it coming so
0: here's the sad sad part don't tell me you got spoiled I
1: got spoiled you need no a- <laughs> this how? is the how? dumbest how? thing ever how you know how I said I was going to watch L to the OG <laughs> like I would listen to that stuff there was yeah. a comment. The top comment was R to the IP, and I was like, "What does that mean?" And God so, damn it! L to the OG, R to the IP. I was like, "Huh? Does that mean he dies?" But so I assumed. I was like, Wait, "It's the final season. It's called Succession. Like the whole thing is going to be built around who comes after him." So I was like, "And this was like very close to." um like the final episode so i think episode eight or nine had come out by this point but i was still like obviously catching up so i was right on season four but i so you didn't think would happen this early and on. i thought okay he's dead but that makes sense <laughs> it makes sense dramaturgically did you see that that clip going around of jeremy strong like the it's in the after show of connor's wedding of episode three where they have all the actors like talking about it and jeremy <laughs> strong says they all ask him and he's like yeah it didn't uh surprise me because it made sense dramaturgically he says that and apparently everyone was in a hoot about the use of dramaturgically that's pretty good because no one knows that word other than uh very intense method actors apparently so apparently yeah he uh (laughs) he said that and it became a meme so it did make sense to me too dramaturgically that he would die but not this early. So I was surprised that happened in Connor's wedding. Cause I mean, you are seen Connor's wedding, I was like, okay, this me. gonna be another one of those situations where yeah, the main thing would be Roman breaking apart from them, and that's where the drama would come from. Did not expect the entirety of that episode to just become Logan's death. So it's crazy.
0: Yeah. When I when I say that, like from the minute they answer that phone call from Tom. The next 30 minutes of that episode, I could not take my eyes off the screen. I could not pause it. I was so enthralled by everything that was going on. Like, masterclass in everything. Directing, writing, acting. Like, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Absolutely. Job. One of the best episodes of television ever made.
1: Yeah, 100%. The, that depiction of Logan's death, like how they approached it in such a realistic way of each of the characters finding out one by one. We don't even see the incident happen with Logan. We don't even really see, I think it's just one shot of him. And it's I like love later in the, the season when, him.
0: when they're like, the rumors that he drops his toilet or his phone in the <laughs> toilet and he was trying to fish it out and he had a heart attack. Yeah.
1: I love the that. Rumor that's the from rumor. Tom. Yeah. <laughs> from your boy. So I think it's that, so funny. Like just the way they frame that was incredibly, just brilliant Mm -hmm. it put us in the same boat as the characters because we don't really know what's happening when tom calls i don't know if you thought this too but initially i was like is this a gag like is this a play that he's doing but the his phone calls to shiv beforehand i was like oh no it does seem serious and then slowly like they realize the gravity of the situation um so that whole thing of them just slowly processing it being distraught confused saying their awkward goodbyes over the phone to logan even though he's already dead at that point them constantly trying to be like is he still breathing are they they still working on him um Mm -hmm. like that whole thing was just so impeccably done and again talking about like these are unlikable people at the end of the day but how could you not feel so bad for them in this moment we don't even like they don't even like logan as a person that much he's an awful guy that has through his abuse of them and all this stuff like really corrupted them but and also damaged them in ways that they're not going to be able to repair from but they just lost their dad like yeah. their father is gone and we're seeing these siblings come to terms with that fact and it's brutal and heartbreaking it's so to hard. see so yeah. Like the way they approached this whole thing and make us care about characters that are unlikable, caring about somebody that has been awful to them and that they're literally estranged from, it's just Mm -hmm. such a testament to all the filmmaking that is going on here. As you pointed out, like every single aspect is incredible, but just even that initial decision to be like, let's approach this in such an empathetic way. Mm -hmm. Let's have this momentous death and not have it be a cliffhanger let's not have it come at right at the end of the season like the end of the entire series to make that that more dramatic let's just have it be yeah like real life like just randomly one day connor's wedding horrible timing he's on a plane going somewhere they're not talking to each other roman sends him like a bad voicemail like saying he sucks or whatnot because he had to fire jerry that's like the last thing he ever said to logan and is worried that Maybe that's something Logan heard right before he died. Like they decided to approach it that way. And it's so like bold, I think, but mm-hmm. it works, works so incredibly well. It works
0: so well. Mm-hmm. It's just so shocking. It's incredible that it didn't get leaked at all. Like there were no leaks about That it. too. It just came out of nowhere. It was
1: brilliant. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Truly. And then we see like in the siblings brought back together in grief that trio hug that they had so good again it's like how can you not feel for that like that was a beautiful moment but then they all
0: go their own ways because they they are now against each other they have to be because now the throne is open for the taking and they all want it ah oh, heartbreaking
1: absolutely exactly. heartbreaking. it's a tragedy for sure mm-hmm. and then you see ken and roman they become co-ceos the C E bros. <laughs> yeah. Uh and then Shiv has to align herself with Matson because they sort of cut her out of all the decision making. So then yeah, it's the two of them who are tentatively in alliance, Ken and Roman, even though they both know it, at some point one will need to triumph over the other. And then versing Shiv and Matson. So that whole thing was, yeah, I think really well done of like redrawing the um the conflict lines so that was well done tom and shiv had a roller coaster this whole season mm-hmm. Them starting to reconnect after her father's death and then tom now being without protection because he had definitely won from betraying shiv that is and- one of the better things that Carl's ever
0: done is that that line of like uh the only guy who was vying for you is now dead exactly and then like tom's like realization of that what a good performance of like him being like shit he's all right i'm fucked
1: so yeah so then he has to go back essentially to being with shiv um and protecting himself through his connection to her and then that fight on the balcony let's talk about that oh so good i mean finally airing all the grievances saying all the things they desperately wanted to say again at this point shiv is pregnant um from tom and he doesn't yet know that. And here they are in this just awful battle saying horrible things to each other. And he says, I don't think you would be a good mother. Like, you are not someone that should have a child. Ooh. That is just hardcore. And then another line he says that just absolutely nails it is that he has given Shiv endless approval and it doesn't fill her up because she's broken. <sighs> so good. Like He cannot give her what she desperately craves, which is the approval from her father. And yet he does do that. Like he's willing to do that. She's just never going to accept it. Um, Cause yeah, she is broken. But again, the acting from both of them is incredible, but just the facial mannerisms from Sarah Snook. It is crazy. Yeah. Like the micro expressions she's able to give off and control. Like that's just, mm-hmm so great scene great moment in the tom shiv uh dynamic the next episode america decides yes love this episode as oh, you know, so good big fan of uh politics and whatnot so seeing big this, west wing guy over here absolutely so seeing this dimension of the election of it being from within like a media company and trying to get all the facts about okay what's going on at the polls that was really great but then also just from the dramatic side of it they once again remind us of like these people who are essentially playing a childish game of seeing like who can come out on top right who's going to be able to get the big play thing that they all want but this has real consequences like this is a huge corporation with a lot of influence on so many things but the American political landscape as well. And so during this election, when things go wrong, like a a polling place getting firebombed in Wisconsin uh, that could mess with the vote totals in that state and then therefore in the entire country, there are huge stakes to this. And it comes down ultimately to Ken being spiteful. That Shiv mm-hmm. betrayed him when he finds out that she's been aligned with Matson. And so mm-hmm. he decides to A, spite her and then B, secure a deal that's better for ATN as a whole and for him trying to become CEO of Waystar Rico by calling the election for Minken mm-hmm. when they don't know all the facts yet. But of course, I mean, yeah, it's not like ATN decides to become president, but if they make a call as a reputable news organization, then that's going to give many people, yeah, it's going to have many people think, okay, the election is over. That's who they're saying has won, regardless of whether or not the votes have been counted yet. So it makes it more difficult to go back and try and address like that issue in Wisconsin and see what were the actual vote totals if someone's already being considered like president-elect. Because if he doesn't end up winning, it seems like, oh, they took it away from him rather than, oh, uh, we just actually realized who the true winner was by tallying the votes. So obviously, I mean, very, you know, reminiscence of uh, elections in years past. Yep, Definitely going to be quite a, a time in 2024. Oh, seeing God. How hopefully this does not uh, become very predictive of things that could happen there. But yeah, it was fascinating to see this um, like very clear statement on like the real world like it definitely has that social commentary political commentary angle to it but yet it was still so focused and honed in on the character dynamics of it all that it balanced out so well Mm -hmm. for sure yeah i think (laughs) i mean it's a great episode for everyone pretty much Uh, tom being just running around like a chicken with a head cut off trying to manage everything (laughs) at one point having like three phones in his hand shiv telling him he's gonna be a father they're constantly trying to get people off the like main floor like all the ceos that keep trying to come down um so all that stuff was great dude roman being on team roman this episode was impossible oh yeah it was just god he was such a jerk
0: such a dick just the the lack of of care about any of this
1: he's he's so
0: so hardcore doesn't even care about America. Wants to do it so that they can block the Madsen deal. Like it's the only reason he wants to call it.
1: Yeah. Does not care. Exactly. Because he's never going to be affected by like whatever goes down with Minkin and his policies and the yep. shift that he makes. He's not going to care. He Culturally so. Care. Yeah. He's able to just play it from the angle of this is what's best for our company. Crazy. And then Shiv, who also it's in her best interest business wise to have Minkin lose. But also she's like truly harping on the idea of like this will be bad for america it's bad for democracy like even logan would have a line at this point um and yet it all was for not because kendall was like huh and then that too of like kendall's uh child sophie sophia one of the two who um is a person of color and then is being targeted by Minkin mm-hmm. supporters so he knows that at the beginning of the episode and then he reassures his daughter by saying, Oh, we're getting early like polling results that it's going to be the other guy. It's not gonna be Minken, like you'll be safe. So she he knows that like his daughter is probably gonna be worse off in in America where Minken is president. And yet at the end of the day, he still decides to call it, like call the election to give some credence to Minken. Even though it'll hurt his his daughter, it's not great for America as he's pointing out. Like he's cognizant of that too. But at the end of the day, he's hurt and angry from Shiv, and then wants to protect his his childish dream of being the CEO of Waystar. So he'll do it by any means necessary. Brutal, brutal stuff.
0: Yeah. Let's move on to the penultimate episode. Finally. Logan is laid to rest mm-hmm. This his funeral.
1: Which also, uh, can we just say, like, yeah. season four, the structure of it, they have it, like, one day after the other. Like, it's all pretty much an episode correlates to one day, and it's, like, week after Logan has died. Mm-hmm. Could they not have uh, timed it a little differently? Like, they have the election, and then they have the funeral right after that. Like, they couldn't have given maybe a couple more days of just... I mean, Logan's not going anywhere, right? <laughs> like... His a lot body of, must be laid to rest. A lot of stuff going on for this family in one week. It's intense. It's but a yeah, lot going the on. The funeral's fantastic.
0: Anyway, I love the opening where it's just Roman reading his his speech. I think his performance is fantastic. I think he's so and he's like he's like humming through it because he has such confidence because mm-hmm. he pre-grieved. <laughs> that pre <preview and> like, <laughs> that's so funny. It's so good. I love his performance in this episode. I mean, Kieran Culkin fucking kills it. Absolutely kills it as Roman,
1: one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, what what did you, what did you think about the funeral episode going into it? Did you did you did you have
1: high expectations? Not like high expectations. Again, I'm just watching one after the other, knowing Fair it'll enough. be high quality. So I was intrigued. I was hyped. I was intrigued at what was gonna happen with it. That was the other thing. I've it was before the little G R T I P thing that I like sort of confirmed it. But I saw yeah. an episode. In, nine there's like a promo or preview that popped up on youtube and i saw the thumbnail and it was roman and shiv and i was like they look like they're at a funeral like they look sad so that's another thing that was like huh someone dies um so that's why i thought like okay maybe logan does end up Mm -hmm. dying later on but i was fucking hyped for this episode episode, i've I've been
0: waiting for it for years because i (laughs) you you know logan has to die by Mm -hmm. the end of it so that someone can actually succeed him and mm-hmm. his funeral was it was going to be like everybody coming together. They brought everybody in for it to say goodbye to Logan. It's fantastic. I yeah. love the, this scene where Caroline grabs all of his lovers. <laughs> that was hilarious. And has them all sit in the front row. That was hilarious. It's
1: like, uh, Sally Lynn is my carry, so to speak, or something like that. I yeah, was like, wow. so good. Hardcore. It was nice to see Marsha come back into the fold too. If that's one, uh, like complaints about the show would be the Marsha character in season one. It seemed like she was being built up to be a major player and having like schemes going on of her own. But mm-hmm. then that never really went anywhere. She sort of disappeared in season three and four, but it's good that she came back for like, the funeral yeah, um, in the fallout of Logan's death. But yeah, the overall funeral was seeing again, the emotional side to these characters, like the vulnerable sides of them come out especially right after an episode where they're all like annoying and despicable and awful people. Um, it was refreshing to see. It speaks to the talent of the writers to, again, just be able to change how we feel about these characters um, so quickly and bring us from one extreme of like hating them to the other extreme of yeah. feeling so much sympathy for them. Mm-hmm. Roman's breakdown in particular was oh, a heart tragic, him. When he
0: when he says is he in there and he's pointing to the to the to the coffin he's like is he really in there and like the thought of like Logan's body just sitting in there just like freaks him out.
1: Mm-hmm. And again it's like it's like what a little boy would say or something like being able to unable to comprehend um or fully understand like what that means of like being dead and laid to rest and like sitting in that coffin there and being freaked out of like the idea of um the dead body being there but not really being yeah. his father but kind of being his father and he's like trapped in there so. It's like what a little boy would think in that moment. And he's reduced to that when he's unable to make that speech. And then the siblings come up and hug him. And that was very nice. But then later in the episode, and then even in the finale, they point to the fact that like this expression of grief for his father is part of what eliminated him from the game, basically. Yep, and that's like, sure. awful. Like Crying at your dad's funeral <laughs> meant that you were in front of all the people yeah in front of every major player in the world yeah who, the president like, elect which again also is like it's pretty insane the guy wins the election or so we think i mean it's been called for him from one news outlet but then he's boom just at that funeral the next day i know so yeah, all it, these heavy yeah players. i was thinking
0: that too i was like it seems kind of like rushed for him to show up there but in reality this is like one of the biggest events of the year is logan roy's funeral i'm not surprised he's there right like you'd have to attend. You'd have to if you were him.
1: And then Ken stepping up and then delivering a eulogy that on one hand is like pointing out that, yeah, the dad was not the greatest guy, but then also praising him in a way, like trying to strike that balance of like again, he's sort of auditioning in front of all these major players. Yep. Uh Matson's there, like the president likes there, like all these people there. So he has to show respect and deference for his father, but then also show that. Like he wasn't the greatest guy, be authentic to that to sort of explain like all his behavior of trying to betray him three times. Yeah. Um but then he he says, he's like, Yeah, he built things and he had this this like force inside of him um that was ugly but necessary for him to do all those things, and I yeah. hope it's in me. And that's yep. like, oh boy, like is this the moment? Is this where he is finally securing his place as successor? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love- that was interesting.
0: This isn't like a particularly funny episode. It's pretty dark and it's pretty sad and it's pretty intense. But there's a moment that really made me laugh. After Roman breaks down, he's like sitting in the pew and he's like crying. He asks for a water. And I think it's Frank. No, it must be Carl or someone. Maybe Hugo. One of them just runs off and like grabs him a water. And it's the fanciest fucking bottle of water you could imagine. (laughs) Like it's like a glass bottle that's like been designed and carved. And he has like screw the top
1: off. Mm -hmm. It's just the fanciest fucking bottle of water. I think it's so funny. Yeah. All those little moments of them just being insanely rich yeah (laughs) and seeing that at any possible turn it is pretty funny Um, i also love greg weaseling his way into
0: into being one of the uh the corner bearers of the the coffin (laughs) true i think that's hilarious too and i love uh the mom's presumption that um what's his name would take over and shiv goes no and then
1: points at greg and goes yes Oh, yeah. Caroline's like husband. Caroline's <laughs> husband. Whoever's. He's also like is. such a big suck up. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was funny. Now let's talk about the finale. I mean, at the end of yes. the episode, it was Shiv and Mattson. They sort of align themselves with Minkin. So she would be the American CEO. Dude. dude,
0: the second I saw the political cartoon of like Shiv controlling the Mattson puppet and Mattson's look at it, I was like, dude, he's going to portray her. He can't. He's For not sure. going to tolerate that. There's shit. not
1: a single. Part of me, like not even a sliver that I thought Shiv was actually going to be able to get through this without getting betrayed. Yeah. I was like, there's no, no, no shot that that would happen. So (laughs) her overconfidence at the very beginning, I was like, yeah, there's, there's absolutely no way the other shoes are going to drop very quickly for. her." And then it does very rapidly. Um, But her and Ken go to uh, Caroline's place because that's where Roman is. Since after the funeral episode, he went to go, like, join in or fight
0: the mob. Counter or harass fighting the mob. the mob.
1: Yeah, of, like, a protest going on. So, that was pretty interesting. So, he's, like, hold up there. He wants to be done with it all, but they need his vote for the board meeting. So, they both go to him. And then, we find out that, yes, Matson is, in fact, going to Shiv because he's meeting with Tom to see if tom is going to be a worthwhile puppet to put in the ceo position yeah before we keep going tom does best
0: i want to take a moment to talk about madsen real quick and alexander skarsgård what a unique character what a what a very odd odd man in this whole jungle of like crazy people like Mm -hmm. he still finds a way to stand out the whole thing of him like sending bags of his blood to ebba and then him being like i'm still doing it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I know, that's... and and her advice to him he like she he asks uh for like advice on what to do and her first advice is stop sending your blood to people <laughs> what a unique unique character Like he's just so odd he's yeah. he, he's like what you think of when you think of like eccentric but crazy tech billionaire like played so well
1: yeah he's definitely a weirdo that's for it's sure. like a
0: facebook bot fox it's crazy
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, when there's ever characters like this, you're always like seeing what are the exact inspirations for some of the quirks that they have. It's like Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and all that. Um, But they truly made him stand out because that guy, like Madsen, he's just so strange. But also the fact that he's physically imposing, which is something that none of those like billionaires that we think of that are weird and out of touch. a big scary dude. But they're not huge freaking like vikings like alexander skarsgard so that's an interesting element to him as well and then yeah the way that he sort of evolved because he was definitely eccentric from the get go um and then over time we learned just how truly like demented and weird the guy is like again the blood bricks of blood that's wild who came up with that in the writer's room who was like you know what this guy would do (laughs) it's so funny I love how his pitch pitched her is like well it started as an
0: inside joke and uh, it was funny (laughs) once and uh, I just kept doing it I just kept doing it
1: yeah so weird and I'm still doing it currently (laughs) so crazy so uh so he is probing Tom to see he's like oh how do you feel about doing a pitch for me um and then ultimately he says that thing like I don't want to be Shiv I kind of because I really want to fuck her exactly and he's like talking to her husband saying this stuff. And, he was like, and he's, he's like, like oh. we're, we're guys, we're guys. And Tom's like, like yeah, course. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Who wouldn't, wouldn't love shift. Tom? Yeah, who wouldn't? So
1: God. that was so funny. He's but so it confirmed good. to Matson that Tom will roll over and do whatever he's told since he just let that guy propose and like openly announce his desire to sleep with his wife. So yeah, that pretty much all but confirmed that Tom would be the best person to put in that CEO position and be puppeteered. And then back with the siblings, once they find that out that it's not going to be Shiv, they go ahead and anoint Kendall after one last final push where they all resist. But then Roman sort of does acknowledge without actually saying it, that he doesn't really want it. And then Shiv finally has to concede that like, yes, it wouldn't make sense for her to be named as one of the CEOs when she was just siding with Matson. Yeah. They're trying to now kill the deal. The optics doesn't look good. The optics the optics don't look good. The temperature is too high. The shape of it isn't right. Optics. The shape of it just doesn't right doesn't play. (laughs) He doesn't he just doesn't exactly. Uh and then finally they say it's gonna be Kendall after they (laughs) float possibly murdering him, which is funny. Then impersonating Kendall. Yeah. And then they swim out to him and tell him It's going to be him. And I was so happy. Again, not for a second did I think Kendall was actually going to be able to... Actually, there was a piece of me of like, what do they want to say with the series? Would it be Kendall transforms into Logan? And that's like a negative ending since Logan's not a great guy. And then Kendall's just going to continue that cycle. Or was it going to be what it's always been? And it's Kendall getting so close, but then failing um, to actually get what he desires so much. But seeing how much they were letting us sit with the siblings finally being released from that pressure of competing with each other, it was so satisfying. And I was like, there's no way he's actually going to win. But while we were able to sit in that moment of them all being like, okay, it'll be Ken. We're no longer going to vie for it. Like, we're giving that up. They don't have to compete with each other anymore. All the scheming and betrayal and backstabbing, all this doesn't factor into it. They're just sitting in that kitchen preparing some concoction being goofballs being normal siblings just like you know they never really could be as a kid um as kids so that was great yep and it was and amazing fit for a king. It was, what yeah. a favorite scene i love it yeah that was beautiful and then they had him actually drink it it's yeah. crazy you think jeremy strong the method actor really drank everything that was put in there he was I like it, it needs to be the actual stuff that was in the blender I doubt it. I I can't just like a normal, like a normal shake. I don't know. I mean, he was people. I mean, that's some like background stuff of like Brian Cox has openly come out and said he doesn't agree with method acting. Not that Jeremy Strong is taking to those levels of like what you hear about from Jared Leto, like sending dead rats to people and stuff. Like that's insane. But they did say that he does take it very seriously, and they're worried about him because being Kendall Roy means being there is is, they're
0: so manic so they're like did you hear about like how they were filming that last scene of the episode did you read about that jeremy strong talks about it how he's sitting there and he they're doing the shot of him just staring out at the ocean and when they call it he got up (laughs) and tried to run into the into the ocean because he was like i guess that's just it for kendall like he'd want to die and the actor who played colin the bodyguard had to run up and grab
1: him yeah what a surreal moment it is camera's camera's not even rolling (laughs) that is crazy I think he would definitely have drank it then.
0: <laughs> if he's that like,
1: committed if he's like... He's willing to jump in the jump, I, I got to go for it. He would definitely do that. Um, but yeah, Mule Fiffer King. They put the thing on his head afterwards. They're all laughing. It's great. Amazing how the episode just ended there. That was the finale. It was it. the king, yeah. No nope. happy ending. No. This is... This is a tragedy. It is Shakespearean tragedy, right? For sure. A lot of comparisons. to king, king Lear and all that. Yep. So... There's no other way for this to go. You do get one more bittersweet moment where they see a video of Logan hanging out with like the C-suite and Connor and Carrie. Um, Yeah, the team, Carl, Frank, they had Carl. I mean, come on, this had to boost. It was Frank or Carl that did the...
0: Carl's things.
1: Yeah. I mean, that has to boost your uh, opinions of Carl. Carl, (laughs) Carl
0: definitely gets some good moments in season four, but I still... He's like a more despisable Frank, if you ask me. Like him and Frank are kind of interchangeable, but Frank at least has a little bit more like character to him, like a little bit more strength. But they're right. still both just scummy and just like willing to throw each other under the bus and stuff. True. And annoying. Jerry, Jerry's like the best of the three, if you ask oh, me. For sure. Jerry's the best. And then I like Carolina, but I hate Hugo. Hugo's such a dick. <laughs> Yeah, I love. I love in this episode when Shiv's walking and Carolina pulls her aside, and it's just like a, a nothing moment. It doesn't even have any consequence whatsoever. She's like, "Hey, when you guys are in charge, what about uh getting rid of Hugo?"
1: <laughs> just floating
0: mm-hmm. the idea, and then she just
1: walks away. And I think that's funny. So another major moment right before the whole shebang happens: Roman and Kendall's hug. That was oh. a very fascinating moment like the way mm-hmm. I feel they leave it open to be interpreted in a bunch of different ways is
0: I saw compelling. something online that was comparing it to when Logan hugs Kendall after he drowns the kid and he like mm-hmm. pulls him in like he initiates the hug and he pulls him in and he holds him in tight and like puts a lot of pressure on him and in, in this one it's Kendall doing the same thing but he's really putting a lot of pressure on on Roman to hold him down into the hug like he's forcing it on him to like this this odd show of strength of like, this is a comforting thing that I'm doing, but I'm also pushing you into me like you right. have no choice.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think it, I I mean, it, it. speaks to Roman as well of again, we know that he has some sort of affinity for like being in pain or whatnot, like the whole humiliation kink and degradation stuff. Like, And he goes out at the end of the previous episode and is like fighting them up because he wants to be hurt he wants to feel something else um then all the pain he's in so he's going to transfer that into physical pain so here he's saying like oh i look too good like the stitches um are covering the like scar too well or the scratch too well so people are going to wonder like why isn't it me like i wasn't strong enough um because he's out of the game at this point but Mm. he doesn't want to be seen as like being incapable of That because then it would confirm like oh he's never really a real player he was never a serious person and never truly up for logan's love and affection so he's sort of asking without asking kendall to inflict that pain on him to open up the the stitches so that they can be like oh well he's like physically injured right now so obviously it couldn't have been him like there's no way that would make sense so of course it was kendall rather than roman so it's an interesting thing there of like kendall is doing it as a show of force he's doing what his dad would have done that scenario Mm -hmm. but he's also caring for roman in that moment because that's like what roman is needing right he needs some sort of excuse or out to show why he isn't the one that's being chosen for ceo yeah so it's a very fascinating moment a lot to unpack there so yeah that was really interesting and then we go into the boardroom meeting and the betrayal. Ah yeah, always a betrayal Shiv's decision. So why do you think there's a lot of different things out there of like why she did it. What do you think is the reason that Shiv I think deep down, if she can't have it, she doesn't
0: want anyone else to have it. She, like neither of those neither of her brothers should have it. And I think she really believes that Kendall would be a bad fit and so she right. just doesn't want Kendall to have it
1: because she can't. I agree with that, I think that's the it's just
0: the it's the it's the thing that was prominent always bite him
1: in the ass, yeah, the most prominent motivation for her would just be that like instinctual sibling pettiness of I don't want him to have something that I can't have mm-hmm. and again just it's children it always, you know, just always such children there's always that dimension too of like uh, the legacy of Waystar Royco, whoever mm-hmm. succeeds Logan in a way wins not just the company but wins his love and affection because more than any of the kids what he loved most was that company that he built and so Mm -hmm. whoever he passes it on to like by extension that means oh he did really love them and care for them so there's like that element to it as well of like oh if he wins this and that means like oh maybe he was the best fit maybe that is what logan would wanted and he would have loved um and cared for kendall most so Mm -hmm. i think it's that part of it i think it is the fact that She just can't stand. She even says, she's like, Oh, I can't stomach you. But it's like, she can't stomach him being in that role when she couldn't. Mm -hmm. So she decides to not do it. But then of course, when Kendall tries to (laughs) saying, I'm the eldest boy, like, I love that. that. I love that
0: line. Just scream. Just the most childish appeal. I am the eldest boy. I love that. I think it's (laughs) so funny
1: exactly so then that's not of course, even true because there's connor <laughs> connor yeah she's like you're not you're not so the the that element and then the bringing up the whole waiter's death and like denying that he's like oh i made it up like all of that does confirm that he wouldn't be a good fit like certainly when he's like unhinged like that of course he's not a good fit of the siblings he's like undeniably the best fit of them to be yeah. seen but sure the uh The thing, even too, of bringing up like, oh, you can't be it because you killed someone. Like Shiv doesn't actually believe that that's disqualifying because they never cared about that before. Yeah, we cared about that of like him being CEO or going into business with him when it was going to be them three doing Pierce. She's just looking for excuses. He's finding a way to like say, oh, we can't do it because of this, rather than just saying, I don't want you to have this. Yeah, I can have it, so you can't have it either. So. That part, I think, definitely is just like her coming up with an excuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she does find a reason very quickly. I like, think. A reason to be like, yeah, you actually can't because you're unhinged crazy. And then him like attacking Roman after he brings up the stuff. About I think it.
0: another part of it is that if she were to give it to Kendall, she'd be out. There's no way she could like find herself in that seat ever again. Like it'd be harder to do that. Then if she had given Waystar to Madsen and have Tom be the CEO, I feel like it's easier for her to find her way in, in her mind. Like right. Tom is an easier port of entry than Kendall, I suppose. Right. But she has but she's to considering know that as
1: well. in her heart of hearts, which goes to like the endings that they all have with Shiv and Tom in the car. Mm-hmm. She has to know as well that that's not true. Like this, this was it. She, the moment Madsen was going to give it to someone else was the moment she never gets a CEO chair. But she wants to cling to some measure. She's still in power. Yeah. And so even though she's not CEO, she's adjacent to power. Right? She's the wife of the CEO. And for her, that is easier to stomach than being the sister, sister to the CEO. the CEO, where he'll probably be calling shots and leading everything. Again, Tom is just a puppet. Like He doesn't actually have the real power in Waystar Royko. He was put there because Matson believes. He's just going to follow orders like a lapdog. So she doesn't even really have his ear to like say, oh, we should do this with the company or we should do this because it's not up to him. It's up to Matson. So again, she doesn't have real power there, even being wife of the CEO. But appearances wise, she is a member of the Roy family that's still like sort of in the mix, right? The it, optics work out. The optics are there. Exactly. It's the optics. Such a brilliant moment of physical storytelling is that hand holding. That oh, it's
0: so good! I love his 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 like he's sitting there and then he just puts out his hand for it. Like he like he like he it's expected. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like this is what you need to do now. Oh, Tom wins! <laughs> Tom wins! He did uh, win. from the moment I saw Tom in episode one. Out of all the characters, because it's about succession, I'm like. I, all these characters. They're, one of the ones they introduced in season one is going to be the one that takes over. Like it has to be. Otherwise, it's going to be a, like a not fun ending. Like, what would be the point of like introducing all these characters if none of them get that seat? Someone right. has to get it. And
1: I wanted it to be Tom from episode fucking one, and it was Tom. Crazy, crazy stuff. But again, it's a shallow victory because he's nope. just a figurehead for it. And nope. Tom still real, got it. his relationship is empty. It doesn't matter. There's Tom no still love. got it. Tom still and got it. Just doesn't again. matter. I mean, he did, but again, it's it means nothing. He's he the did. CEO of Waystar It Doesn't matter. Tom got it in name only. And then Rome got it. His uh, his yeah. ending again. It's like maybe a tinge of hope there, of like he's finally out of the business. There's happen. something interesting that Jesse Armstrong said because I
0: watched the after, like the behind the scenes thing that happens after the episode, and Jesse Armstrong says that like the intention behind Roman's ending is that like we meet him sort of where he was when we first met him, just this, this playboy billionaire sitting at a bar kind of like douchey guy. And so like everything that has happened between the beginning to now just seems like, like another chapter of his life that didn't pan out and that he's back to what he does best, which is very, very sad.
1: Indeed. Indeed.
0: It's just a a small portion of his life that wasn't actually what he's meant to do with his life, which is just spend his money and and exist, which is sad. He's not that guy.
1: (laughs) He is not not that guy. But hopefully he'll be able to find some peace being away from all of that and not needing Mm -hmm. to constantly vie for his father's love and approval. But Mm -hmm. yeah, that is, that's rough. And then Kendall as well. He is fully out of it. There's no way he makes his way back in the CEO. So Compared to all the other times he failed, this one is truly final. And we see him going out to the water, again, like a recurring motif for Kendall with the lake with the waiter kid and then also almost drowning one time. And we've seen a couple times before of him like going out and swimming into the ocean. So a big motif for Kendall there. And he's just looking out at it completely purposeless, no longer to be a contender. For the CEO position and that was as he said from seven years old when he was promised it that's all he's wanted to do it's all he thinks he can be He said he's like he's a cog that only works for one machine or something like that and now it's gone stripped away forever given to Crazy. Tom given to Tom yeah so what a what an ending again it's very fitting yeah it's perfect
0: there's you know. no other way for
1: it to go but i loved um, it tough. so
0: tragic so sad so amazing i love it absolutely love it i love when tom puts a little dot on greg and claims him i think that's, that's fantastic he's such a little nod but i fucking loved it mm-hmm. yeah then it was very there's cathartic a- to have them slap each other then episode <laughs> Dude, have you ever <laughs> seen have you seen the things where it's like people will take like like the theater reaction to Avengers and they'll put like something stupid <laughs> on the screen and yeah. people will like cheer for it. So I saw something like that, but it was an actual live watching of the Succession finale. Like it, wasn't, it wasn't faked. It was a real like group of people, like a huge group of people watching the the finale to Succession. And when he puts the dot on Greg's head, everybody went crazy and is just cheering for Greg. Was it? And it was the, a real, see it was that a video- because they all scream, grey, grey, yeah! <laughs> like, like, it's That's a funny. real thing. Like, they're projecting it on a screen. and It's so funny. I'll, I'll show it to you. I'll find it. It's so funny.
1: But, all right. That is our journey through the four seasons of Succession. What a wild ride it's been. Gone too soon. Did you pre-grieve sufficiently for Succession? I think I did pre-grieve enough.
0: But I also had to pre-grieve for Barry at the same time, which is a lot. Wow. Yeah, very, very right sad.
1: Too much pre-grieving. A lot.
0: Do you have so any, do you have we any o- favorite characters?
1: Yeah, we went over that. Yours is Tom, clearly. For sure. <laughs> and then mine is Roman. Although, of course, again, a lot of them, I like Shiv and Kendall a lot. Like, they're very complex characters. Um, So, they're great. And then, I mean, I was always rooting for Kendall. Like, if anyone was going to be in there, I would want Kendall. Mm-hmm. So, he was also up there. What about you? Any other characters you want to shout out? I mean, you're a Greg fan too. Um, I do like Greg, Greg, but I'm not
0: not as big of a fan of Greg as like the world is. I think they just are charmed by him, I suppose, but I just enjoy it. But yeah, I just, I just like seeing, I think Greg makes me laugh. That's, that's to me, his value in the show is that he is such funny bits. Like he has some moments of like Machiavellian scheming. He's the Machiavellian prick, but (laughs) I think, I think mostly he's there for my comedic relief and I think it's funny. Um, I like Greg. I like Tom. I love Roman. You're right; Roman is fantastic. Shout out Logan. Brian Cox is phenomenal. He carried a lot of the show on his back, and then had had tons of help from the from the ensemble itself But he certainly was like the charismatic thing that pushed this show forward into greatness. Uh, characters. I'm trying to think like smaller characters that like showed up a little bit, maybe i do like what's what's his name the the kendall's friend who stewie stewie i do like stewie stewie's got moments it's just weird that he's there so much like he stayed he, he did held stay. on for dear life and he was there the entire show all the way to the end jerry of course it's classic yeah, I like frank i like uh what's his name not carl um the bodyguard colin colin i like the scene colin has with logan in the restaurant where Logan is finally talking to someone who's not vying for anything. He's not like, like trying to grow in power. He's just a guy who comes in, does his job and gets a paycheck. And he like has a conversation with him and just like enjoys not having to be political and not having to mince words. He can just talk.
1: Right. And then Logan so dies. <laughs> he does. It's really after that. I and mean, then really Colin's after left that, yep. without his, uh, his Colin's guy. really sad. Yeah. He is. Like Roman said, he's like a puppy without his owner. Um, any character impressions you want to drop on us? You've been honing your Tom thing for quite some time. I, 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 do Tom. I feel like so much of it though is like you his, try it, try his it. jaw, his the way he moves. I think you can, you did a pretty like good impression. Right yeah, well, I can only say, really say, say Shiv it. and Greg. That's the only thing say I can it, say. Are in you his breaking voice. up with me, Greg? Greg? Are you breaking up with me, Greg? Are you breaking up with me, Greg? Greg. 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 I, Greg. <laughs> I'm I, the CEO of VoiceTar Ruko. Yes, indeed, it's the yes. his mannerisms are so intense. For sure, Kendall's the only one you can do
0: though. Kendall's, yeah, doesn't the the dramaturgically the the optics they just uh aren't their shift. I'm sorry, uh, you're not you're not the CEO. I'm afraid. It I love the. Have you seen? The plan. You've seen? Have you seen the Succession thing? Of yeah, the we talked baby? about it. The, the ah, it's time. so good.
1: That is it's so, so good. Fuck off. <laughs> so good.
0: Are you daddy's number one candy baby? <laughs>
1: I yeah, I'm the number uh, one boy. Uh, Shiv,
0: Shiv, I really want those uh
1: MMs. <laughs> Tom, you can't have it. Uh my my dad promised it to me. You're sort of like not even a Roy, so I'm not even like yeah, you're not like, even like get out.
0: Here. It's so funny. I don't want to know why
1: you're here. <laughs> it's so good. What do, all of his impressions were great in that. <laughs> For real. Dude, his one with Shiv as well, of just the lips going crazy. <laughs> it's so good. The wig and the lips. I mean it's all you can do for shit. It's yeah. very good. Anything um, else you want to talk about? About
0: succession? Any other topics of interest?
1: What uh any I mean we
0: talked about them. Any fave episodes you want to shout out? I love all the finales, like the season finales.
1: Yeah, they're also I love
0: the wedding episode. I love the hunting episode. I love I do love the episode where they're picking the present. I think that's funny. I what else is there? Anything else from like season season one wasn't didn't have any big hits, if you ask
1: me. Right. Mine would be like order of the series. I, I would say one six, um, two four, which I think is safe room. Yeah, good one. Two nine, which is DC, and mm. the two ten finale. Um, three five, the shareholder meeting. I really like that one. Yeah, it's good. Three nine that season finale, and then Connor's wedding, America decides, and then the series finale. Yeah.
0: For sure. Fantastic. Those would be
1: my major ones. Um, and then let's do this season ranking. Worst to best. What would you do? I don't,
0: I don't, it's hard. It's hard because I haven't seen them in a while. It's true. But if I had to guess, it's either the increase in order or two and three switch. Interesting. Two and three are the ones that, because I, I know one's my least favorite and I know four is my favorite, but two and three right. might switch back and forth.
1: I would say for me, it'd be one, three, Four and two. Two's pretty good. Two's pretty uh, And soft. four and two have a, like a very slim margin between them. That's why I'm thinking that, that, that two and three might switch, if I remember correctly, because I remember really liking season two. It, yeah, it's great. I love because it's all of them together, like the family more than yeah. any time else has like that united front. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, unlike most of season four, which does make up for it from, again, them just being more like emotionally intense and more vulnerable with all the characters. But season two has Logan, or as much as season four of course does not so i think that like gives it the edge it's like Um, peak logan too he's like in his most triumphant very true so yeah there we go anything else you want to say about succession
0: no i think i think we summed it all up pretty nicely i enjoyed hearing your reactions having postponed watching the show until now Mm -hmm. and i'm glad you really liked it and i'm very much looking forward
1: Way later in the year, talking about Barry as well. Yes, sir. All right, so how many boars on the floor out of five? A full five, baby. You know it. Oh, yeah. You got to get oh, yeah.
0: that five. I love the boar on the floor scene. You have no idea. That was like <laughs> mind-blowing to me that, that they could go that far and then keep going and then keep going and then keep going. I know. It was wild. It's, it's, it's like visually captivating. It, it like It is so tense. What a good scene. Also, Brian Cox just fucking kills it. He's such a good actor.
1: So true. Oh, four. we didn't get. So, if you had to guess who would win the Oscar or not the Oscar, the Emmy, Emmy. for this series, this season, Oof. who do you think it's going to be?
0: I think Sarah Snooks is going to win an Emmy because she doesn't have a lot of competitors within succession for like female lead. It's very uh, advantageous so, for her. So, yeah, I think, I think she, she gets one. I think so. Yep. I think Kieran Culkin will get one for supporting I, actor. I, Agree I with think, that. I think, uh, I think all the, bro- all the siblings will. So I think Kieran Cole will go in and I think, uh, Jeremy strong. will get all one the siblings for-
1: except Connor, except, except <laughs> Connor. Connor doesn't count. He's a half sibling. I think they might, we'll have to see though. I think they're all going for leads though. You think so? Jeremy and Kieran would be in lead. Brian I Cox think, might be supporting this time though. So I think if Brian
0: Cox is supporting, I think he might still lose to Tom, to Matthew McFadden. I mean, Matthew McFadden just kills it all season. So I think he might win if he does win one, if it's not like another show. And then I think, I think Kieran Culkin might win over Jeremy Strong.
1: I think so. Jeremy Strong already got his, I think like season two is definitely much stronger for him. And then season four, they do lean in a lot more on like all those other siblings. And I think Roman. Kieran Culkin just fucking kills it the whole season. Yeah. It's insane. He's so good. Going back and forth so many times through all these different emotions, like being so despicable. But then. Like, being completely broken, like, with the funeral stuff. Yeah. Like, he's always been fantastic. And, but I think this one definitely shed like the a light on that. Sure. So, I think, yeah, yeah it, it'll be him. I really want him to win. But yeah. So you what know what this it? means, though? What? Bad news for our Better Call Saul support. That's what I'm fucking saying, bro. That's what I'm fucking saying. Very unfortunate. I hope, I mean, it's
0: going to be... I so think sad, Sarah I Snoke... I Call Saul it. I think Sarah Snoke is going to beat uh, Ray C. Orn. That would be devastating, so
1: tragic. It's devastating. And then poor Bob Odenkirk also won't get. Oh, Bob Odenkirk's gonna win. And then they also. Won't I don't win think. I don't think
0: show either. That's so. what's rough is I don't think Bob Odenkirk should win over Kieran Culkin. I think Kieran Culkin gave a better performance than Bob Odenkirk. But I think at some point Bob Odenkirk should
1: have won over six fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed, one hundred percent. Yeah, I would. I would agree with that. And then uh, with Sarah Snook and Racy Horn.
0: That's that would be tough because they're both, both so fantastic, amazing. I, I would
1: like, give it to Racy. I York. would give it to Ray as well, but because I mean that everything she did in that final season was just insane. She's like, incredible,
0: but only is, isn't it only the last stuff. few episodes of that season are in contention. For Sadly, her yeah. But that's her best stuff though for the season though
1: she so. did it. But she was also less present in that season. Fair enough. So they might I don't know if they would give her a supporting then, and that would mean Sarah and her aren't in the same categories. She should not so win with out. supporting Emmy. I know that's that unfortunate, but most of those episodes were like the future-based ones, so they had less Kim. So That'd be we'll see. But I mean, as long as it's any of them from Better Call Saul or suggestion. I just want we'll Better desert. Call Saul to win one fucking Emmy. I know that's absurd. It's lost every single Emmy it's been
0: nominated. You better get one. One. I don't care what it, it should be. Writing at least writing or cinematography. Like
1: yeah, come on, fucking
0: one, please, one Emmy. I mean, it would be it would be kind of poetic if it did go through six whole
1: fucking years. Without a single <laughs> it would be I mean, yeah, at this point, they'd be like, okay. we've we've stiffed them on every other freaking season. Why give it to them now? It's crazy so. how huge Breaking Bad is and how
0: similar in quality Better Call Saul is, but how little it's talked about in comparison. Yeah, it's insane.
1: Very, and the uh, quality
0: is there. Like one of my coworkers just finished Better Call Saul and he fucking loved it. Loved it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody would. Everybody everybody always asks me, is Better Call Saul as good? I'm like, yes,
1: it is as good as Breaking Bad. It's fantastic. Please watch it. 100%. Maybe it's, the I don't know, like living in the shadow of it, like being considered a spinoff. But I suppose. But it's just... There's it's, no reason that, like, th- these are supposed to be the people voting like the most quality shows, right? That should be well I if they don't watch it tastes and all this but it's like they should be watching it if it's one that's in constant contention because it always is nominated it's just never yeah. winning anything so it's i don't understand where the disconnect is but, but that's the discussion for our emmy show later in the when year did you
0: start watching better call Saul again it was when the last season
1: was coming out right yeah that's crazy you gotta so binge over this summer
0: what was the last time you kept up with a show from season one When was the last show you did that with And like we're there season by season because it seems like there's a lot of shows where you're just waiting for the whole
1: thing to be done. Then you binge it. Well, that only happens if it's a show that I know is going to be really good or that we might talk about on the show because I don't want to like be like, oh, I haven't seen three of the seasons for like three years. So I want to be able to have it fresh in my mind. So if there's ones like Succession or again, like Better Call Saul, I always knew I was going to get around to those. I just waited until we designated you know a slot for the podcast for it and it's just usually works out when it's at the end of the show so i mean there are ones like house of dragon i've watched season one of that i'm going to continue through Fair the whole enough. show you have Fair not enough. ended up watching you're that right either. i haven't finished house so, of the dragon you're right that one will be one that we i guess flip around maybe um when it comes time to talk about that show i might but, put it, i might wait and just put it off you're right to <laughs> see there you go i don't so, have as much
0: of an interest in house of the dragon you're correct
1: yeah, The White Lotus as well as one. I mean White Lotus, yeah, I've caught up and it's going to have at least one more season, probably more than that. Dude, they need to get one of the actors from Succession onto The White Lotus. Oh my god, that'd be so cool. Or into that'd the Next so Night's out one cuz they're so good. They need to be in those like ensemble spaces. That'd be yeah, for sure.
0: Did you you watch season 2 of The White Lotus, right? Yeah. Ah, it's crazy, right?
1: It is. We chatted about it before, I think.
0: Spoiler alert. Not Rest in, in peace, Jennifer in.
1: Coolidge, bro. Whoa. I said spoiler alert. Can't do that. I mean, you didn't really get much time to click away. You said it's been out for alert. a while. It's <laughs> been <laughs> out for a while, man. She did uh announce like whenever she got the Emmys. I think she mentioned she was like, Yeah, yeah she, that's true. She she, she, she did say
0: it. in her Emmy speech that she dies. <laughs> I still wow. think I still think in season three they should bring her back as her twin sister. I, I think it'd so be, really be I great. think it'd be so good. And it's and it's her trying to spread her ashes.
1: <laughs> I think that would be lovely. Uh, but all right, we got to wrap this up. This wrap it up yep.
0: And that is all the time we have. If you'd like to leave your thoughts on the show, you can email us at theboxofficeshowpod at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDay. If you like the show, please give us five stars on whatever podcast that we're listening to. And be sure to tune in next week. Have a great rest of your day.